This is Fred Ricciani of TSC News. I'm here to recap a long, exciting, wacky, head-scratching WWE SummerSlam pay-per-view. The biggest party of the summer. The biggest pay-per-view of the summer. The WrestleMania of the summer. And in some ways, the summer bummer. Now, this show began at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It ended 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I got to say, I was a little scared. Because the last few months, since WrestleMania, these pay-per-views have gone long. For whatever reason. I don't know whose bright idea was it to say, hey, let's make these pay-per-views go longer. Especially when we have a three-hour Raw. And now a two-hour SmackDown following Raw. It's preposterous. It's insane. It makes no sense. So, here I was, panicking. Freaking out. Because it was around 10.30-something that Roman Reigns and Rusev came out for the U.S. title match. And I'm thinking, oh my god. Oh my god. Instead, they got into a schmaz. They got into a brawl. Roman Reigns took out Rusev again. If he is still considered a babyface... In WWE storyline universe. I don't know what to say. He's beating up Rusev every week. He's humiliated his wife. He's humiliated Lana. I mean, like, what the hell? Ugh. Anyway. Anyway. Let's get my pal Scott Anderson on the line here. We'll put his brand new SummerSlam themed avatar with his lovely daughter Brooke uh, as luchadors. And uh, Scott, I know you were a little delayed. I was just doing my intro to the SummerSlam recap and talking about how this was just a ridiculously long show and how for a little while I was panicking because I thought, oh my God, this show's going to go until 11.30. You were trolling me saying, I told you so. It's going to go to 11.30. But then they ended up cutting Rusev and Roman Reigns short, which actually turned out to not really be a match. We had Brock versus Orton, which I actually thought was a pretty good match and a great effort by both, both men, but it was a very flat ending because you see this was a Brock Lesnar match if there ever was one suplexes elbows punches kickouts of the F5 kickouts of his opponent and its finisher this time with it being the RKO table spots and at the end Lesnar was just brutalizing Randy busted him open according to some on Twitter that are in attendance at Barclays it looks like that was real blood because he was dripping leaking referees were checking on him Called the TKO finish. Hey, who knows? It was If it was planned to be a TKO finish, which I'm assuming it was, then you know what? Maybe it wasn't real blood. Maybe it was those blood packets that he used for Roman Reigns. Regardless, it was a crazy, epic visual. And there have been rumors running rampant that Goldberg, Bill Goldberg, who's on the cover of WWE 2K16, or 2K17, excuse me, at least one of the cover stars. Brock Lesnar's the main one. I think for like the Legends Edition or, or whatever it is, Bill Goldberg's uh, the face of that. He's also the face of their promotional push. So we heard rumors of Brock Lesnar possibly getting confronted by Bill Goldberg. What happened? Instead, he was confronted by Shane McMahon. Brian. Shane McMahon. Can you say it again, Scott? I don't think they heard you. Oh, sorry. I said better than Daniel Bryan. Well, yeah, because Daniel Bryan can't wrestle anymore. So no, Shane McMahon. Hold on real quick, because, you know, we're all looking forward to that WrestleMania Brock Lesnar versus Shane McMahon match now, right? Yo, well, listen, you didn't even let me finish yet, okay? <laughs> this was a great build up to it, because we had Shane McMahon 
just say, listen, Brock, I want to I step in and, and, and check on Randy. And, and Brock was like, nope. Nope. And, and Paul Heyman's like, Shane, just leave. Just leave. Now, keep in mind, Randy was already being attended to by medical officials. So there's nothing that Dr. Shane McMahon could have done that would have made Randy Orton feel any better. Okay? Now, maybe if this was, you know, Dr. Shelby, oh. you, you, you know, maybe if this was like Dr. Candace Michelle or something, then all right. But this is, uh, this is Shane McMahon here. So Shane's like, listen, I, j- I just want to see my guy. He's the SmackDown guy. Brock F5 Shane walks out. Paul Heyman's freaking out going, what did you do? I'm wondering, what did you do as far as the booking goes? And Shane McMahon <coughs> just picks himself up, holds his chest, and goes, and just starts shaking and looking at Brock. And and he, he does not sell this for any longer than maybe a minute before. He didn't, he didn't fully get up. He's just, he's moving around. His eyes are blinking. Make sure they're, they're wide open. And he's just staring down Brock Lesnar. So Brock Lesnar once F5 Michael Cole, who was out for at least a month. Brock Lesnar, F5, he's Slater, who had to be picked up with a, with a spatula off the ring. Yet Shane McMahon can somehow, someway, recover enough within 30 seconds to a minute of the F5 to at least lean up Undertaker style. Well, maybe not that dramatically, but, but you know, poor man's Undertaker style and stare down Brock Lesnar. And that was the end of the show. And the focal point was, yes, Brock Lesnar's dominance, Brock Lesnar's badassery, but it was also Shane McMahon staring down Brock Lesnar. When, look, if Goldberg wasn't going to return tonight, and frankly, I don't really want to see Goldberg versus Lesnar anyway, at least have somebody else confront Lesnar. Have it be Roman Reigns. Not that I'm a Roman Reigns fan of his babyface character, but, you know, he, Roman Reigns went off on Rusev tonight. He destroyed Rusev. Whatever. Do that rematch. At least that match would be good. Do something. Set up a big angle. You got a Raw-only pay-per-view as well. Do something. Even Undertaker. Yeah. I mean, what about the Demon Kane? Okay, maybe Kane would have been flat. Big Show? Oh, God, no. They already did that match. Yeah, they already did Kane. Whatever. What, it, whatever. It, you I'm, know, that, I'm sorry, for That was just a horrible ending. It's, yeah. I'm going to go on a little rant here, not All to right. cut you off, but go ahead. tired of the Brock Lesnar dominance wins, busts people's ass, part of my language, and then just walks off. It's getting old. He did it to Cena, which was great because it was Cena, but then, you know, last year with Undertaker, and they had a great match, but then Dean Ambrose, he destroyed, and, and Manpreet, you know, he, he on the comments here, he said it best, you know, why build this up for two months just to have that ending? I almost agree that maybe it wasn't totally set up that way. It just, it was, in my opinion, it was bad. I'm sorry, but this, like, this is getting old with Brock Lesnar. Like, I, I, I don't mind the guy to be bigger than WWE, which I'm sorry, that's not right. You know what? I don't mind him beating Randy Orton. I think he should have beaten Randy Orton. I think it makes all the storyline sense in the world to beat Randy Orton. I just think for this show, it was a flat ending. And they yeah. should have set up a big angle. And you, you know, actually, what I would have done is, is have a guy like Shinsuke Nakamura or Samoa Joe confront Brock Lesnar. And if anybody hasn't seen Samoa Joe or Brock Lesnar before, they just got to watch one or two matches with these guys, and they'll look at them and say, "Damn, they're legit." Samoa Joe, while not a real MMA fighter, has a very shoot-oriented style, a very hard-hitting, believable style. 
Shinsuke Nakamura, maybe all around the best wrestler in the world, has been for a long time. I mean, he's definitely up there with AJ Styles and Tanahashi and, and guys like that. I mean, he is one of the greatest of all time. And he actually has a legitimate MMA background. And I think actually he actually has a winning record in MMA. Now, granted, it's not against the competition Brock Lesnar has. And I think it was in a different weight class. But, but still, he has an MMA background. He has that aura about him. I know he just won the NXT championship, but still something i mean I even even the goldberg thing would have been cool even listen even though roman reigns is getting booed by fans and he would definitely not be the baby face in this feud a roman reigns brock lesnar confrontation would have been cool because you know what at the very least that would set up a kick-ass hard-hitting match for the next raw pay-per-view no matter who the baby face or heel are but instead you just kind of leave it flat and and the thing is too the perception the perception that smackdown is number two to Monday Night Raw. It was evident tonight, just painfully evident. I don't know why certain people, including perhaps Vince McMahon himself, dislike SmackDown or or want to marginalize it in the eyes of fans compared to Raw. I mean, you're getting paid for not one TV property, but two TV properties, dude. You're getting paid for Raw, and you're getting paid for SmackDown by USA Network. And SmackDown's actually been holding steady in the ratings despite having Dolph Ziggler on top in 2016. Oh, that ain't going to happen anymore. Yes, but I'm saying, like, the fact that they held steady during Olympics with Dolph Ziggler on top, that's a hell of an accomplishment for Tuesday Night SmackDown. It really is. So don't you think they'd want to build it up a little bit? Especially, especially because you got to realize... In like three weeks, they have a SmackDown-only pay-per-view. <sighs> so wouldn't you want to set that up with a big angle? Now, maybe they will. Maybe on Raw, Shane McMahon will be like, you know what, Brock? How about you come to our neck of the woods? How about you come down here to SmackDown? Come to Backlash, and we'll find you an opponent that can put you in your place. And, perhaps and, who, and who would that be? I mean... I'd do Samoa Joe and Nakamura, but that's not something I would do in like a, with a one-month build on a B pay-per-view. That's something I'd do oh. for a WrestleMania, a SummerSlam, a Survivor Series, a Royal Rumble, the big four. I would not do that for like a BS pay-per-view. So that's why it's confusing. Like, Do you want to really spend the money for Brock to have him wrestle on a B pay-per-view? I mean, I guess it makes sense if you want to get over these brand-only you know, brand pay-per-views. It, it does make sense to have a big but, match. But, but it doesn't, though, because if you're going to have to bring a guy from another show in to d- get over your pay-per-view, true. that's not saying much either. No, you're right. You're right. And that's it's just confusing. I mean, it's not even like intriguing in a sense like, wow, what's going to happen on Raw? It's more just like, this is confusing. This kind of makes no sense. Again, the Come result on. of Randy Orton getting his ass handed to him, I don't mind at all. In no universe... Does it make sense for Randy Orton right now to beat Brock Lesnar? You didn't build up Brock Lesnar for two years, have him break the streak, have him end up winning the Undertaker feud just to freaking have him lose to Randy Orton. I don't care if he got suspended and embarrassed the company, okay? It's their fault that they don't drug test him and legally they can't suspend him and all that stuff. That's their fault. That's not our fault. That's not his fault, okay? Is it unfair? Yeah, but life's unfair. If you're going to have Brock Lesnar lose to somebody... It needs to be somebody that you can make a huge star for years to come. That's Nakamura, even though he's not the youngest guy in the world, but he's going to be there for a while. That could be Joe, even though, again, Joe's not also the youngest guy in the world, but he's somebody that if you want to build him up immediately on the main roster, he's a guy that could believably beat Brock Lesnar. I mean, I really can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. I mean, 
you know, if you turned Brock Lesnar babyface or he kept him babyface, I guess, because he's been kind of a tweener for a few years and had a heel Roman Reigns beat him. And if you want to make Roman Reigns an unstoppable heel for a conquering babyface to come in and beat him, that's that'd be cool. Yo, how even Rusev. If they actually had Rusev be a real heel instead of being the de facto babyface against Roman Reigns, where he's humiliated every freaking single week, that might make sense. Yeah. If they built up Alberto Del Rio and played <laughs> up his MMA background and had him breaking dudes' arms every single week and he didn't become a dumbass and get suspended, you know what? You could build up Alberto Del Rio versus Brock Lesnar because it's believable because he has that style because he actually has an MMA background. So I don't know who I don't know who who they put him against. I mean, to me, um, the only logical opponents, like I said, besides, I mean, I hate to say Goldberg because I I love to see Goldberg back. I just have no interest in that match as a longtime fan. But besides Goldberg, the only dudes that really make sense for Brock, in my opinion, and please people feel free to give me suggestions, are Nakamura and Samoa Joe down the road. Yeah, maybe me, Roman Reigns. Let me interrupt. There's two suggestions here. One, of course. Brandon Cash says Braun Strowman, oh, who God. actually was rumored to face Brock Lesnar. Oh, yeah, that's on. right. Jeez. And the other one from us, Broman, says Bobby Lashley, which could be interesting, but be I don't think getting a, him away from TNA. That'd be a hell of a match, but the guy's nearing 40. He's not their guy anymore. Uh, he left on bad terms. And, yeah, he's in TNA, and he's got to deal with Bellator. And if WWE is trying to maintain a partnership, or not a partnership, but a loose, I don't know how to say affiliation, a decent relationship. A, a gentleman's agreement? Yes, thing. a cordial relationship with the UFC. Um, I don't think it's a good idea to sign a guy that, that's currently with their competition in Bellator, which is owned by their former TV partner. Also, too, it's complicated because Viacom not only had beef with UFC for a while and vice versa, but uh, same thing with WWE and Viacom. That was a nasty, nasty split back in the day. So those those entities don't really get along so well. But yeah, in a perfect world... If contracts didn't matter and you could just pluck dudes from other companies, which just seems like Daddy was doing anyway, uh, yeah, I would love to see Bobby Lashley versus versus Brock Lesnar. That'd be a phenomenal dream match, but unfortunately, I mean, yeah, that's not going to happen. Even Bray Wyatt wouldn't even work in this situation, who was nowhere to be seen tonight. Oh, you're right. Yeah, they teased Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton. You know, Bray Wyatt was staring down Randy backstage on SmackDown, and, and they did absolutely nothing to pay that off, at least thus far. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. They're, I don't think they're, you know, I guess we'll never know, but the ending seemed to be such on the fly that you almost wonder if Shane just came out and said, you know what, hell with it, I'll take I'll take the blow and, and see whatever happens, happens. Well, what do you mean? You think they stopped the match abruptly? You think you think just, they wanted to stop it? Because you know, odd. It seemed very odd. I mean, I know Lesnar took off the gloves to make it look more real, but it just... I, I just don't see them building this match like that to end it like that. It just ended really oddly. Yeah, I mean, well, you know what? They are in New York. The Athletic Commission is a little wonky. I mean, you got to remember for years, for decades, MMA was illegal. Well, and not only that, but look at the time it ended. It was like 11.08, which is just an odd time. It's not, It's you know, after the top of the hour and it's nowhere near the half hour. So it was just very odd. Yeah, I know. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it could have been the New York commission that said, hey, he's bleeding like crazy. But you know what, though? We've seen a lot of matches in New York with WWE with a lot of blood. So that, that'd, be, that'd yeah, be weird unless they change something. Because I know there was an incident with like an inter- I know there was an incident with an intergender match that was going on uh, in New York. I think the night before or a couple nights uh, before. I think with a gentleman by the name of Chris Levin who was running a promotion and also officiates it. 
and uh, there was some issues with the athletic commission letting a woman wrestle and all this other crap. Apparently, it was it was complete BS on the, on the commission's part. And you got to remember too, the New York the New York Athletic Commission is the same commission that for years deemed it, well, really it was it was the government, but still, the New York Athletic Commission allowed amateur MMA as long as fighters didn't get paid and di- and w- which did not require doctors or an ambulance to be on site. Yet pro MMA was illegal. Because that makes sense. Yeah, think about that. So, but I honestly, I think it was the ending. I think it just kind of was just. It was like a lot of things tonight. I think it was just weird. I, I yeah, think but, the feeling was weird, like throughout the building. The crowd was. I don't want to say the crowd was weird. I think the reactions were weird. If you're just watching, watching well, at once, home. And, once the Cena AJ match it ended, that was kind of it for the crowd. They were done. Yeah. It uh, was well, dude. I was kind of done for a while. I mean, it was. Well, yeah, yeah. It, it was long. I don't know, like. Thinking about the ending, you know, why not even have Foley come out and take the move, you know? And, well, you know, that's enough, Foley... that's enough, you're hurting their guy, and, you know, you need to stop, blah, well, blah, well, blah. Well, let me like... stop you there. Well, let me stop you there. Mick Foley can barely walk these days, so I don't think well, he, he can he can take an F5. Well, let, he, let alone a th- he did hit Vince McMahon with an F5 at one point. Keep yeah, up. but Vince McMahon hasn't taken the bumps Mick Foley has taken. True. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I don't, it was just very odd. I, I don't know. Yeah, very, believe very me, strange. Mick Foley. If Mick Foley could still do something in 2016, physically anyway, he would be. That's uh, he, he did at WrestleMania. Oh, what did he, he? He used the Sako. That's all he did. He would not hit the running knee, didn't it? Well, it was kind of like the hobbling knee, but he he had that. He was moving pretty slow. But I, I know what you're. I, I know it, what you're it, saying. It, though. Yes, it just I don't know. I, I know what you're saying. Very, you know, very weird. But, yeah, would have made would have made more sense if Raw had like a male uh, authority figure that could actually take bumps, and then he, he took the bump, and then you know maybe Lesnar's banned or something. It's it's just yeah, it's really. I mean, if you're gonna do it like that, why not? I mean, I know. Look, I'm not saying I want to see Vince take a bump and Stephanie take a bump, but why not just have everybody come out and try to back Lesnar off? Yeah, they don't have to take the bumps, but just something. Yeah. It was just, I don't know, it was weird. But it's Brock Lesnar, and that's kind of what goes with it, you know? Like, Dean Ambrose talked about at WrestleMania, you know? Their match, we all thought it was going to be unbelievable, and it was very, very, very mediocre, to say the least. All right, there's a rumor going around that's unconfirmed, and uh, I don't I don't want to freaking speculate on this. And I first off, all right, let me, let me, let me preface this by saying I think it's complete BS, all right, and I'll give my evidence in a second. But there's a rumor going around on Twitter, unverified by people that are unverified as credible, that are saying that Brock Lesnar beat up Randy Orton, went into business for himself, and they stopped this match because Brock was pissed that, that Randy was going to beat him and because Randy was scheduled to win. Um, let me tell you something. First off, that Shane McMahon at five spot would have never happened, unless it was playing after the match, if he went into business for himself. Okay. Second of all, Brock Lesnar's lost... Multiple times in his WWE career, he gets come. He comes in, he gets paid, he leaves. He doesn't care. The only time he was quote unquote difficult to work with was with Dean Ambrose. Who, let's face it, Dean Ambrose for a while was being booked like a geek. Going into that match, he was being booked like a geek. And on top of that, okay, if you're Brock Lesnar and you know you can get millions upon millions of dollars. From the UFC to fight in a few months, you are not going to take any stupid bumps or chair shots or anything else of that sort at WrestleMania. You're just not. Okay? You're just not. That's as simple as that. 
and Dean Ambrose was just the wrong guy at the wrong time, and that's it. And for Bro- and for Dean to call Brock Lesnar lazy, I mean, listen, Michael Hayes even tweeted about this, and Michael Hayes has been in WWE a lot longer than Dean, and he's been working with Brock Lesnar a lot longer than Dean. Okay, and he's he's straight up said, and you could honestly, if you watch any of Brock Lesnar's WWE matches, for the most part, right, the last word that comes to mind for me is lazy. So. If anybody's going to bring up this rumor that Brock Lesnar didn't want to lose and, and went into business for himself, no. He's an MMA fighter. He's a big mofo, okay? And when he hits you with something, much like guys like Mark Henry or The Big Show or anybody that's big that has some ridiculous strength, guess what? It's going to hurt Goldberg. Same thing. You think Goldberg wanted to hurt certain guys when he was wrestling him? No. But he's just a freak. And Brock Lesnar is a freak. Okay, Brock Lesnar bloodied up John Cena too, busted him up in their match at Extreme Rules 2012. Oh, hey Fred, take a look at the photo I'm tweeting you right now of okay. uh, Randy's head. That there's nothing fake about that. Oh I'll no, that. of course, of course. Oh no, my I just gosh. saw it too. Yeah, I just saw it too. Oh my goodness, but yeah, uh, that's a that's a deep that's a deep deep well, let, gash. Let's put it this way: if Brock went into business for himself, he better be fired immediately. <laughs> and and. Uh, you know, if it was legit, I think somebody other than Shane McMahon would have came out to stop it, don't you? I yeah, mean, so that's not, I, I think I think things could have got legit at that that's, point. That's I just think it's BS. So for now, any, any conspiracy theorists, like those are the same conspiracy theorists that were like, "Oh, well, Undertaker wasn't supposed to lose," and like, stop, stop, just shut up. Now, now keep this in mind. You know, they could have done this for two reasons. One, because remember what Orton uh, said. You know, he'll beat him, no enhancement needed. So yeah. could have been quote unquote pissed. Mm-hmm. Second of all, they could have done this to. Because of that, and and this way, it's like you know, Brock doesn't need anything to whip somebody's butt, you know. So or they just did it because it was a clever finish, and it's something they did in NXT before with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, and it makes a lot of sense. And honestly, it's something they did early in Brock Lesnar's career with the Hardys, which honestly made him seem like a, a huge monster back in the day. So I don't mind it. It's a realistic finish. I don't mind it at all. I just think the ending was flat, and I thought they should have had an angle that set up a, a big thing for the next SmackDown or Raw pay per view. What's funny though, because you keep mentioning, well, except for just now, you're like, what's going to happen on Raw? What's going to happen on Raw? But yet we have SmackDown on Tuesday, which really more should happen on that show than on. Uh, yeah, on- they're the ones that need the help. That's the yeah, you're you're right about that because, yeah, a lot a lot happened that's going to affect the Raw brand anyway. And by the way, for those watching live, we thank you. Please feel free to click the like button and spread the good word uh, about our recap shows. Let's uh, go through the SummerSlam card, and then we'll answer a, a few questions. I know we're getting a lot of feedback so far. Uh, you know, Terrell Scott says Brock would have only walked away if Stephen McMahon came out. Hey, man, I don't want to get slapped either. I'd run away. That slap would knock Brock out. Huh? Yeah. Uh, Caleb Harris says the only memorable match was Cena versus Styles. Uh, I, there were a few memorable matches. Doesn't mean all of them were good, but they were memorable. Oh, tonight? Yeah. Yeah. You know, how come they didn't do anything with Kalisto and um, Baron Corbin, or did they on the pre-show? Oh, on the, on the pre-show, they had uh, him come out, and he interrupted the panel, Grandma, uh, May Young, Renee Young's mic, and he said that, you know, here I am, ready to fight, and Kalisto's sitting at home, nursing his injuries, and, and he, he just cut this you know, little promo. Wasn't okay. anything too crazy, but it was pretty good. It was a pretty damn good heel promo, I gotta, I gotta say. Baron Corbin was not boring Corbin tonight. He was. He was hey, there you go. Good. Baron Corbin versus Brock Lesnar. Okay. I mean, at this rate, that's all you have. Listen, I'd rather have Braun Strowman against Brock Lesnar. At least that's at least size wise, that's believable. Gilbert. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. Uh, if, so, any, yeah. if any kids actually know what you're talking about, Scott. None. Yeah. Well. None. Anyway. 
let, let's get to the show. We'll recap the, the kickoff real quick and just, yeah, let's just go through this. Cause it's, I it's missed the kickoff. I, I got called in the work for a little bit. So you're going to miss, you didn't miss much. All right. So we had American alpha, the Usos and high bros. Once again, beat Brizongo Ascension and vaude villains. Why they had this match on SmackDown and that SummerSlam with the same result, only with the Usos blind tagging American Alpha and getting the pin. I don't know. It was it was a decent showcase. Jason Jordan looked great. Chad Gable looked great. So that's all that matters. So you're setting up an Usos versus American Alpha feud. I'm fine with that. Usos are a good tag team, and oh. American Alpha is awesome. Why not? Yeah. Uh, okay. Put that. Yeah. Yeah. Sami Zayn and Neville beat the Dudleys. <laughs> Big shock. Yeah. This was okay. Was it the, the the same finish that we've seen with the Dudleys where Devon hits Bobo by mistake? I, I'm not going to lie. I was mentally kind of checked out. Ah. Because for those that don't know, I'm also reviewing Madden NFL 17 on Xbox One, which will be released this Tuesday. And our review will drop Tuesday midnight. Midnight, right? About an hour after Raw ends, my review for Madden NFL 17 drops on YouTube.com slash Gaming. Feel free to subscribe to my gaming channel. So I was a little busy. I had the WWE Network on in the background, and I was playing the new and improved franchise mode, which is freaking awesome. If you have EA access and you want to play Madden, play it. Or if you're planning on buying it, trust me, it's, it's, it's awesome. I play a lot of sports games. I've had a lot of fun. You, it allows you to actually play only offense or defense in franchise mode, or you can play the full game. So you can breeze through it. It's a lot of fun. A lot of fun, but it was more fun than this match. Uh, Neville got the pin with the red arrow. It's kind of sad to see the Dudley boys at this stage. I guess they're going to break them up or, or do something. I just feel bad because you know they are a legendary tag team. I don't put them at the level of the Road Warriors. I do think historically they are kind of overrated. Nothing against them. They've had great careers. I have a lot of respect for them. I don't put them at the level of the Hardys or Edge and Christian. Or, you know, some other tag teams like the Rock and Roll Express or, you know, oh, Road oh, Warriors or whatever. Oh, you're saying that the Dudleys are not above the Rock and Roll Express and Edge and Christian? Well, Edge and Christian maybe, but come on. Rock and Roll Express were a legendary tag team. Oh, they were the first ever. They're the reason why I started watching wrestling. But come on, man. The Dudleys are probably one of the top five of all time. All right, but, but I, to put them on the level of the Road Warriors as far as influential, I don't know about that. And then you, and then you look Absolutely. at... And then you also look at like Edge and Christian. They were also great singles wrestlers, single stars. They were, yes. And Matt and Jeff Hardy had great singles careers as well. And, you know, the Dudleys were doing pretty well in TNA, especially Bubba Ray as Bully Ray. But, again, I just think they're a little – again, they're still an all-time great tag team. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying, like, you, you know, they're not it, – it's, like it's, it's, like it's like when people compared, like, Paul Pierce to Larry Bird. It's like Paul Pierce is definitely an all-time great NBA player, but he's not – you know, Larry Bird. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I don't know. I think the Dudleys had a lot to do, you know, and again, a lot of people don't know this because it's 15 years, you know, almost 20 years ago now, but the Dudleys had a lot to do with ECW becoming what they were. True, true. But and, and, you know, their WWE run, while it was great, it, it might not have been to that level. And, you know, they also did, you know, with the Hardys and Edge and Christian, you know, TLC and, and all that. So it's hard to say that they're not on that level. If you're going to go 1-1-A, I can give you that. But I don't want to go 1-A. I don't know. Well, regardless, they're definitely. I think they're definitely one of the top 10 teams of all time. Maybe maybe I'm overrating them. Maybe I'm underrating them. My point, my point is, before I got on that little tangent, is that it's kind of sad to see them in this state because, to me, it makes your tag team division look bad. These are, these are what are considered legends in your business. 
and you're just jobbing them out like this. And I'm not saying I want them to hold the tag titles for six months. I'm not saying I want them to be on TV every single week. But there's better ways to utilize these dudes. And if it's splitting them up, then just split them up. It, maybe you should have given them like a honeymoon tag title run when they when they first came back. Just to kind of get over the fact that, hey, they're a legendary tag team. Tell so that you can story. give it to the New Age Outlaws. You give it to the Dudleys, all right? Yeah, yeah. Or you know what? If you're not going to use them the right way, rather than seeing this all-time great tag team be jobbers, how about you put them in NXT and have them work with some young talent and teach some of these guys how to work? You think the authors of well, Pain couldn't learn from the Dudley boys? Yeah, but they could use that right now on SmackDown, too. You look at some of them teams. Like the True, but they got- them. They're, they're putting them in these clown matches, and Dan Foster confirms it was a miscommunication finish. Okay, it was. All right, so I guess, they're, just, br- I guess they're breaking up. I don't they know. could put them in matches, you know, and we talked about that, and I know we're going to talk about NXT, but we talked about Bobby Roode being a good hand, you know, and a good helper, which obviously they think more of him than that, but that's what the Dullies could be to these tag teams, and they're just not doing it. They're like a goofball team, and it's just, it doesn't it, make sense. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. Yeah, I mean, don't lose this in Cara and Jack Swagger on miscommunication. You're better than that. Yeah, yeah. Sheamus beat Cesaro in the first match of Best of Seven. <laughs> like all their other matches, this was really good. It just, you know, nothing against Sheamus at all. Again, I'll say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. He's a damn good worker. He has great chemistry with Cesaro. It's a lot of fun watching these two dudes wrestle and beat the hell out of each other like two big hosses. But you have Cesaro, who is one of the best wrestlers in the world, with a clear connection to the crowd. A guy that has more of a connection to the crowd than Sheamus could ever dream of, among other people. That, that WB has tried to push over the years. And he is on the pre-show, losing to Sheamus. Well, he's going to lose two more matches and then win four in a row. Perhaps. Spoiler but, alert. Perhaps, but rega- regardless, though. I mean, seriously. It thinks high enough on this guy. It's just that simple. It, it's, I know, but it's unbelievable. I mean, the crowd's telling you, let's, let's have this guy be a star. The crowd's telling you, put this guy in some big matches. And they don't. They don't listen to their audience. I'm not saying you have to have the audience book every single thing for you but you know what if they're handing you a guy that they want to succeed who is ridiculously talented he's a great wrestler it's not like he's santino level like he's he's he can work with anybody he can have a great match with anybody don't you want a guy like that over you don't need everybody that's a a great wrestler to be over but you know what when when you happen to have a great wrestler who happens to also be over that's the perfect combination (laughs) <laughs> it's stupid. We've talked about it before. I'm just going to move on. It's you know what? Real quick. You know what they should do with the Dudleys? They should team them up with Gallows and Anderson. And I'll let you think about that for a minute. Why? Because Gallows and, and Bully Ray have a history. Aces and eights? Oh, my <laughs> Sorry. God. Sorry. I, I just random thought. I apologize. Oh, my God. Well, first off, I don't know if half the people watching this even remember Aces and eights uh, or even watch TNA. Uh, but what regard? Oh, my God. It's you- been a long night. I apologize. Oh, my for that God. Dude, it's been, it's been a long night and you bring up aces and eights? No, I just bring up Gallows and Oh, Bully my God. Ray's- that, was a hard, that was the worst yeah, table of all time. Dudley's versus Gallows and Anderson feud. It could actually be kind of decent. No, it won't. All right, moving on. All right. Um, so we got through the pre-show, and then... It was Jericho and Enzo and Big Cass. Is that what it, they're calling them? Yeah. And this, was the, and this was the start of some really dangerous spots throughout the night. Yeah, real quick. I Because I, I missed kind of the first two matches a little bit because yeah. I had my parents over, and Enzo and Cass came on, and I knew my parents wouldn't quite get it. Mm-hmm. So, I just, so I put it on my laptop. How was Enzo tonight on the uh, microphone? 
Uh, he was all right. Um, he, he he quoted Biggie. You know, he, he talked about more money, more problems. I had a lot of Brooklyn references. It was pretty cool. I liked it. They, they were really over. Went a little long for my liking, but he, he, it worked for the crowd. He right. came off a huge star. It was significantly better than his recent material, so I really can't complain about that. All right. So we had that, and uh, they had a pretty decent match. Uh, my feed was acting wonky. For, for a little bit from what I got to see, though, because I had put... First, it was acting wonky on my Xbox One. Then I put on my PS4. It was acting wonky there. Then it was acting wonky on my desktop. Then it was acting wonky on my phone. Finally, I got it to work. Uh, I saw Kevin Owens' antics where he took out Enzo and danced on the apron, kind of like how Enzo does. It was hilarious. And uh, Jericho and KO got Enzo in a position after they took out Big Cass outside. Oh. They threw Enzo up, and Jericho gave him a code breaker. To his mouth. Yeah. I did catch that. that he got the bad. pin. It was just, it was ugly. I mean, it, look, the move looked great as far as effectiveness. Like, it looked like they killed Enzo. But the problem is they damn near killed Enzo. Because he flew up. Jericho only got, like, one of his knees. He could have snapped Enzo's neck. Now, look, stuff happens. You know, the, the Jericho and, and Kevin Owens are great workers. It just, you know, stuff happens. You know what I mean? It, it, but it just man, Enzo's very lucky he did not get seriously hurt on that this spot. Is, this is twice in four months now. This has happened to this guy. Yeah, it's not. Uh, he he and Sasha Banks got to be very careful. And look, this was just bad luck. I don't think it was like anything necessarily he did. I mean, yeah, maybe no. he, maybe he jumped a little short. Maybe maybe they, it was just mistimed. I mean, let, let's face it though, he's not a great worker at all. You know, you it looked make, like Jericho was a little far far away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it was miscommunication. Uh, on one hand, you know, you could say, well, they're cutting off the momentum of Enzo and Cass. On the other hand, as over as Enzo and Cass are, I mean, Jericho's still one of their more popular guys. And Kevin Owens is, to me, a future main eventer, a guy that should be headlining pay-per-views on Raw, that needs to be a big player. And while I kind of was hoping for maybe, or not hoping, but expecting Enzo and Cass to beat Jericho and Kevin Owens have them ditch the stupid comedy, and then Kevin Owens takes out Jericho the next month and sends him packing. Perhaps they're saving that for down the road. Which, if they do, that's fine. I just... I don't see this as a long-term tag team. I don't really see this as much of a short-term tag team either. Because I could see them breaking up in a month and... Just wait until the t-shirt comes out, then you know the team is over. Exactly, like Y2AJ. And I just see... I don't know. I, I, I just see them maybe having miscommunication, losing the end zone cast. God forbid they lose the next night on Raw... That would be crazy. And, although I, I could expect that too. And then I could see them breaking up and Kevin Owens just taking them out. Which, look, could if Kevin be. Owens takes out Jericho, that's fine. Why not? You know, I was looking down and I see on the comments, Russ Burman has the same thought as me. What about Jericho and KO for uh, tag team champions? That'd be cool, but I just feel like Kevin Owens could do so much better at this point. He could, but where he's at now, I mean... I mean, it, do, it's it, not, it doesn't hurt. You, yeah. It doesn't hurt, you know? I mean, they have great. I mean, Jericho and Kevin Owens have great chemistry, so... For a time, you know what? Look at it this way: it's better, to, it's better to have him in a tag team where he's winning more often than not than to do clean jobs to like Roman Reigns and then like you know, exactly. Sheamus and or, or whoever. You know what I mean, fifty-fifty booking. Although I wouldn't mind seeing a face Kevin Owens go against the heel Rusev. I think that would be cool. Or a face Kevin Owens against anybody. I feel like he'd be a great rebellious heel. He'd be, he the, could re- be the top. He could be the top guy. He could be what Dean Ambrose should be. Yes, ex- I uh, totally. Totally agree. He's the type of guy that can kind of be like that anti-authority figure. I mean, he was kind of the anti-hero in ROH at one point, if you remember. 
Yep. You know what I mean? And, where he tagged Davey Richards and was against Jim Cornette, and he called Davey Richards the jiu-jitsu jack-off. I mean, you know, that's great stuff with, with Kevin Owens. So he he definitely can. He's already a babyface to a lot of people. So, oh, he absolutely yeah, is. Yeah, so down the road, yeah. So I would definitely love to see that, especially because he's a guy that also breaks the mold. You know what I mean? He's, he's a kind of a heavier set guy, and, you know, he doesn't have the traditional WWE look. Like, to me, that's a, that's a great baby, baby face, the anti-hero. We had... Charlotte versus Sasha Banks for the women's championship. Oh my God, where to start with this match? Yeah, you're gonna have to fill me in because I know oh we, you know, everybody God. was talking about Sasha being injured and oh my, just more to that story. God, please, yeah. Sorry, I'm just like, okay, where do I start with this match? So they they kick things off, going back and forth. I mean, nothing you know we haven't necessarily seen before from these two. Big match feel. Uh, you know, very serious tone from Charlotte, very serious demeanor from Sasha Banks. And Charlotte's working on, on Sasha. And Charlotte, I guess, based on a few animated GIFs that Death Tall Marks, DTAM on, on Twitter, shout out to him, uh, tweeted, it looked like Charlotte was going for like a Roderick Strong-style backbreaker, where he does like the thing with the, on the top turnbuckle, like a backbreaker uh, on the top okay, turnbuckle. Yes. Yeah, but instead, Charlotte recklessly, recklessly, carelessly, idiotically dropped Sasha, I guess expecting her to land on the top turnbuckle, back first, and said Sasha misses the turnbuckle, misses the other turnbuckles, lands right on her head, her back contorts, and she looks like she's damn near paralyzed for a second. Oh, boy. It was, like, I seriously screamed what the F at my TV. And I don't normally do that. Okay, not a lot in wrestling surprises me anymore. All right? But when I saw that, I was like, oh, my. Like, I, yeah, like I, I screamed at my TV. I thought she had a broken neck. It was bad. It was really, really Really bad, and I'm actually gonna. While I'm talking about this, gonna or actually, Scott, if you can uh, just browse through Twitter and see if you heard anything about Sasha Banks, if we have any updates on her, on her injury or whatever like that. But yeah, she just she landed right on her head. It was it was. There's a moment where Charlotte was like, "Ah, oh, done effed up now." There's a moment where the referee's like, "Oh my God, is, is Sasha alive?" And she was alive. She didn't move around. Credit to her for toughing through this match. Getting through it, they busted their asses. They really did. But after that spot and after a spot where, where, where what's her name, Sasha went for a Frankensteiner, a, a top rope uh, Huracurana, where she also landed on her head after oh, nearly breaking I, her neck. With, I did see that, yes. You know, Oof. I mean, I'm sorry. Oh. My enjoyment in that match was gone. It was Gone based on what we know about concussions now and neck injuries and the fact that this girl suffered multiple concussions before and takes these god awful dives and everything else. I mean, even Will Osprey said he said, "Please, Will Osprey, who's the best high flyer in wrestling today, and a guy who probably should be working a safer style himself." He even tweeted, "Sasha, please look back before you do a hurricanrana. I nearly had a heart attack watching that." Wow. Will Osprey said that. Okay, okay, so hang hang on, hang on. So let me just get to the finish, and then we we can rant about the safety and everything else. So 
They kept turning it up a notch. There were a ton of near falls. Eventually, Sasha had the bank statement locked in. Charlotte rolled her up for the pin. Clean pin. And Sasha Banks was devastated. And according to those in the arena, had to be helped out of the ring by officials. I don't know what else to say. Other than... Somebody has got to talk to this girl, pull her aside, and just say, Do you value your health? Do you value your life? Do you value your career? Because you're over. Because you got a great look. You got a great act. You're solid on the mic. You're damn good in the ring. But these high-risk stuff that you do are sloppy as hell, and they're going to get you killed. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of every single risk a guy like Will Ospreay takes or a Ricochet takes. I think sometimes it's a little much and you got to take it easy. I think both guys are supremely, supremely talented. But you know what? There's an element of, for lack of a better term, safety. In a sense that these guys know what they're doing. In a sense that more often than not, yeah, there is always going to be a risk in terms of injury. But more often than not, these guys land these moves. They're all right. They're not necessarily unscathed, but they're all right, and they landed the moves perfectly. AJ Styles, a guy who takes a ton of risks, who apparently you know has had you know back issues and ankle issues, all this stuff like that. Even with AJ Styles, even with some of the bumps he took in his match, like, yeah, he lands on his back, he and everything else, and and you know sometimes you know it's a little dangerous. He's cutting a little close, but I don't know. There's an element of I don't know if expertise is the right word, Scott. Maybe you could fill in the, the blanks for me. But when you watch a guy like AJ Styles, or you watch a guy like Ricochet, or Will Ospreay, or Rey Mysterio in his prime, or a few other people like that, I mean, you get the feeling they know what the hell they're doing. Whereas with Sasha Banks, I'm not calling her a bad pro wrestler at all. But when it comes to this high-risk stuff, she's either just reckless... Or she's lost out there, and I, she probably shouldn't be doing this stuff. Or I, I a little bit of both. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it's she wants to get the you know the whole quote unquote divas revolution, women's wrestling, whatever over so badly that that it's just that's what she's willing to do. And I, I people are talking about the whole thing where I think PWI Insider reported that Sasha Banks has been injured for a couple weeks now and she's going to take a little bit of time off and that's why she lost the title and that she's not not injured tonight. I, I know. I thought it was a wellness suspension. But, but you know, but you know what? The, the, oh, yeah. She was t- cause you, yeah, there was a rumor she was a wellness so suspension quick. because she was yeah. taken off TV and live events. No, she's hurt, according to PWI. But even though she had an injury going in here and this was the plan from the beginning, she did not plan to land on her head. No. She not planned to have her back contort this way. So, whatever injury she had going in, you cannot tell tell me as a sane human being that remotely has any type of common sense whatsoever that she did not get hurt, further hurt, taking a bump like that. Well, I guess Unless she does like, all the yoga in the world. And even then... I guess it's kind of like when you t- uh, tear your MCO. You know, the damage is done, so you can't do any more damage to it. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but your neck is different. I agree. Your but neck is different. No, can you imagine? I, I agree, okay, can you imagine? You know? Okay, she, first off, if she had a neck injury, she wouldn't even be in that match. So No. 
Just, well, it's a shame. It's a shame because Vince, you know, already dubbed her as injury prone, and yet that those are rumors. Rumors, rumors, yes. But and now look, she's injured again. So, well, the, well, the other injury was well, she's had some nagging injuries for a while, and then she had the freak concussion where the referee accidentally kneed her in the head a yeah. couple months back. Yeah. Unfortunately, and, this doesn't bode well for Bailey going to SmackDown. I'll tell you that much. Oh God, no, 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 not at all, not at She'll be all. Be on Raw now for sure. Not at all. And it just, I, I've said it before. You guys, you guys have heard me rant about this. Okay, this isn't a male female thing. All right, this is just a, a common sense thing. If Sami Zayn was taking these big bumps where he's landing on his head and he's looking like he's going to die every single time he's going to do a dive or looking like he's going to paralyze himself. Okay, I'd be saying the same thing. All right? Now, if somebody pulled her backstage and she goes, well, you know, if the guys can do it, I want to do it. Well, you know what? Show me you can take a dive that's safer than what you've done before. Okay? Show me that you can hit a Frankensteiner without nearly killing yourself. And again, I'm not totally blaming her. I mean, Charlotte, look, I know they're best friends in real life. I'm not hating. I know none of these girls intend on hurting one another, all right? Or any of the people in the locker room intend on hurting each other, all right? You know what I mean? At the end of the day, you want to have a match where you guys come out unscathed and everybody's okay and you can pat yourselves on the back and say, we had a hell of a match, all right? I know Charlotte didn't intend on hurting Sasha. I know Charlotte and Sasha care about each other very much, but that was irris- that, that spot was irresponsible. Okay, if you have to do it safely and you have to hold Sasha and then slam her back on the top turnbuckle, even if it doesn't look as impactful as you would want it to look, guess what? At least it's safe. At least it's safe. And Charlotte, a bigger woman, more muscular woman, bigger than Sasha, giving a backbreaker on the top turnbuckle on a little girl like Sasha Banks is believable. It's believable that would hurt. Yep. It's believable. Anything the bigger person doing hitting Sasha back, it's just it's just more believable. You don't have to be reckless and just say, "Oh, do 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 do." Well, I hope I drop her here, and then, uh oh, like to me, it just it just, it just killed the enjoyment of the match. It really did. They busted their asses. I have the utmost respect for them. Seriously, the utmost respect for them. It was a hell of a match. But come on. Come on. Somebody needs to protect these wrestlers from themselves and just pull them aside and say, listen, we know stuff happens. It's, it's live TV. We know stuff happens, but you got to be more careful. And you know what? If you see any guys being reckless too, like occasionally Enzo Amore, you got to pull them over and you got to do the same damn thing. And you got to say, listen, guys, okay? You want to do these spots? You want to get the big pops? You gotta change up. You gotta change it up. You gotta be a little bit safer. Okay, it's like a coach. Sometimes a coach has to protect the player from themselves, and this is one of those times where the coach, you know, the boss, whether it be Triple H or Vince or whoever producer, has to pull them aside and say, "Listen, you gotta be careful." If we get another Sasha Banks Charlotte match down the road, and they have stupid spots like this again. Or Charlotte hitting a moonsault on tiny Sasha Banks with Sasha expecting <laughs> to catch her. From from the top rope to the floor, not the yeah. Ring, by the way. Then whoever puts that match together needs to be, I don't want to say fired, but reprimanded, whatever. Go work at a Dairy Queen. I mean, seriously. 
Okay, and you, and you wonder why some of these wrestlers get injured. Or you know what? You wonder why some of these wrestlers get suspended for wellness. Well, you know what? If they're taking all these risks and trying to get noticed and nobody's producing them or advising them or stepping in and saying, hey, you know what? Maybe you don't have to do that. Well, guess what? They're going to get hurt. They're going to be banged up. And they're going to take stuff to feel better because they're on the road all the time. So while it was a hell of a match... To me, it was a failure all around of the person that put the match together and the two people in the ring in terms of safety. That's all I'm saying. That's all, that's all I'm saying. Okay. And while this is technically the golden era of women's wrestling as far as WWE goes and all that stuff like that, and I know it was a different era when Trish Stratus was getting over and she also had model looks and became a damn good pro wrestler herself, but uh, Scott... Do you remember any time when Trish Stratus had to take crazy bumps like that? I uh, nope. Well, maybe a couple of her matches with Lita had a couple good bumps. I wouldn't say crazy, but exactly good bumps. Exactly. Yeah. And if she did take big bumps, did she take them but, in every single match? No, but I'll say this too. You know, Trish and Lita. Yes, Trish is smaller, but they were sized up pretty good. You know, Charlotte isn't a big girl by any stretch, but. Sasha's tiny and it just it doesn't it doesn't always gel well it's you know it just that's the issue you know you want to let Bailey do the moonsault off the top rope onto the floor fine but Charlotte's a little bit bigger and and, you know and like I said she ain't big but Look at Sasha. You know she's like no. What, she has big. She's five, she's five muscular. One? She's built. Right. She's a big. I mean she Sasha's a, what five one one hundred and two pounds. It, I don't know. It, it I don't know. What, I don't know what Sasha's official weight and measurements <laughs> are. Maybe Wikipedia has that. But, yeah. But, but regardless, you know what I mean? it's like it. Okay, she's five five. She's five five, and she's got to be like I don't, I don't know what her weight is. It doesn't say her weight on here. But oh, hundred build weights allegedly one hundred and fourteen pounds. Not a chance. Regardless, she's she's tiny. She shouldn't be taking those kind of bumps. And I mean, most people should be taking those kind of bumps. Let's face it. Be just be responsible when you're when you're in there, man. Be responsible. You have a responsibility to yourself. You have a responsibility with your opponent. You know, people get on Bret Hart a lot for being bitter and complaining a lot. And let's be frank, he does complain a whole lot. And unfortunately, these days come off very bitter. But if there's one thing that you should listen to in regards to Bret Hart, it is safety. Because there's not a lot of people that Bret Hart injured in his career. Probably one to two, perhaps zero. A lot of people can learn from that. And people talk about Shawn Michaels and want to be like Shawn Michaels. Watch a lot of Shawn Michaels matches. A lot of his bumps were actually pretty safe, especially by today's standards. All right. That's yeah. enough of that. You, you guys on. heard my rant on Raw. You guys heard my rant here. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm over this. I'm, I'm, I don't know. It pisses me off. I, I don't want to see people get hurt. All right. I don't want, I've seen too many people get hurt. You got friends that are wrestlers. We just saw Daniel Bryan have to retire at a young age. You know, we've seen Nigel McGuinness have to retire. You know, it's not just because Daniel Bryan's moved on and well, not really moved on, but you know, career-wise had to move on and general manager SmackDown and all this other stuff doesn't mean his life is great. I mean, he's he's lived a blessed life, but it's still kind of a travesty that he ended his career at 34. It's still well, sad. Well, he said he basically had a breakdown after he had to yeah, retire. So. I mean, you know, it's still sad. It's a part of his life that he's never going to get back. You know, I don't want that to happen to her. That's all, you know? Um. We had Miz retain the Intercontinental title against Apollo Crews. This match went only six minutes. Uh, weird, abrupt ending. Apollo Crews went for some type of, I guess, like a splash in the corner. 
Miz moved out of the way, threw Apollo into the steel pole. They, they had like a bigger pole than usual, like some type of like big contraption with. Bro, yeah. It looked like you know, it looked like pyro, right, or like uh, yeah. like LEDs or something. Well, it had the LEDs, but the tops had like caps on them, like you'd almost see. I don't want to say cane pyro, but cane pyro. <laughs> yeah. So so he ran into that. Miz hit the skull crushing finale. I don't really mind Apollo Crews losing if it's a way to kind of build him up and say, hey, this young upstart suffered his first setback. But the fact that he had it against the Miz, who I think is a great act. I just don't think he should be Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, I don't know. Not, not really feeling that one too much. But who knows? Maybe they want to make him the new Honky Tonk Man. Which, See, based on their other ideas, may not necessarily be the worst idea in the world either. I didn't realize that match, yeah, it was 5 minutes, 45 seconds. It was the shortest match of the whole show, including the pre-show. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We had AJ Styles versus John Cena. This was a phenomenal match, no pun intended. Uh, it's also a match that you could argue was kind of misplaced, overbooked, misplaced. Uh, a little much. I mean, they, these guys did everything. The quarter friend Brian Alvarez has been on this show before. They've had, they had more kickouts in this match, more near falls in this match, than the McGregor-DS2 fight had significant strikes. <laughs> this was nuts. John Cena hit a code red. AJ had hit a phenomenal forearm. Styles Clash. AA. Leg drop to the head. Calf crusher. Calf STF. crusher. STF. Yeah. Everything. No springboard stunner, thank God. Oh, yes, thank God. Ember Moon does that a lot better than him. Uh, just a hell of a match. I mean, they kicked out of everything. And, and the best part of this match, besides the ending, was John Cena going for a top rope attitude adjustment. And you and I had the same feeling. Oh, my God. John Cena is going to beat AJ Styles, even though it makes no sense in the storyline. John Cena is leaving to film American Grit Season 2 and do all his other reality TV stuff. And he goes for the pin. One. Two. We all thought it was coming. And AJ Styles kicked out. And Cena did an incredible job of selling his shock. Just sat in the corner, watched AJ slowly get up, and he's going, what the hell do I have to do to beat this guy? You know, and then, you know, you think, all right, well, in typical John Cena fashion, he's going to just pick him up, hit the AA, and pin him. Because that's what I thought was coming. But he, he didn't. Like, Instead, no. he, he, he got AJ up for the AA. AJ hit him with some elbows, some Brian Danielson old-school ROH-style elbows. He got the Styles Clash, hit it, did not go for the pin, Took off his pad, went to hit the phenomenal forearm. Cena's getting slowly up. I'm thinking, all right, Cena's got to catch him for the AA or something, right? He hits the phenomenal forearm. He goes for the cover. He hooks the leg. And the referee goes, one, two, three. The crowd goes nuts. I'm losing my mind at home. You're texting me. My friend Candace is blowing up my phone. My buddy Ben's blowing up my phone. Everybody's blowing up my phone. They cannot 
believe it. It's like an Xbox achievement or a trophy with PS4 where you're playing <laughs> a game and you get to a certain point and it's like achievement unlocked. Torch passed. John Very Cena nice. put over AJ Styles clean in the middle of the ring. Well, since 2011, he's put over everybody clean in the middle of the ring, but I know what you're saying. Well, no, it's not. Well, no, I mean... Last year, he John Stewart helped, but yeah. Yeah, last year... Well, yeah, the last time he really put somebody over clean, clean was uh, Daniel Bryan in 2013, and unfortunately, that was negated because of a stupid cash-in by Randy Orton. <sighs> and then, even in 2011, when CM Punk beat him, there was controversy because like his foot was like underneath the rope or something. This was just no controversy, okay. no bullet club, no... Nothing. This was an incredible match. And all oh. I could think was, how in God's name is anyone going to follow that? And two, why the hell was this not the world title match on SmackDown? I don't mean to interrupt. I'm, uh, I got the replay of SummerSlam on. I just saw that horrible Charlotte and Sasha spot. And I just want to say, what the, you know what? Because that's, my God. Yeah. What the, uh, I hate to say this, but what the hell were they thinking? Not what to was do Charlotte thinking? Just dropping she just her like that. Her. Sasha didn't try to catch herself on the ropes. Nothing. What the? Oh, my God. But I, I think the the AJ Cena match was put on like right after 8 o'clock. And I think the whole thought was they'll have a great match. You know, and I, we didn't know what the rest of the car was like at that point, but they'll have a great match. We know the crowd's going to be dead because no matter what we put on. And then we have the last couple matches, the main event, and blah, 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 and the crowd will be back into it. I think that's what their thought was in doing it then. Yeah. And it didn't work. It did, did not work. It was just – that was a great match. It was. Great, that, great match. I mean, that was – wow. That might be better than Nakamura and Sami Zayn in NXT. I it might be I think I think it so. was it's those it yeah it was very close. I mean, just what it accomplished, you know, it was just yeah, it was it was it was incredible. Well, and then the ending actually is what really yeah, when Cena's in the ring and takes off his, has, his armband and leaves it in yes. the ring and crowd gives him uh, some respect. I mean, you, you have to give that guy respect, you know. He Say what you want it. about him and this and that and the other thing. You're the biggest fan of his character, but that guy, he leaves it in the ring. That my own okay minor complaint only a minor complaint i thought he could have put a little more torque in those couple of stfs he locked in that's the only thing but yes. you know what after seeing sasha banks either he kill herself you know what i'm fine with the cena keeping it safe in that sense yeah that's true oh man that was just yeah one one hell of a match one oh. hell of a match nothing but respect for both men uh, you gotta believe that aj's next in line for the title and that he should just get the title well, you would think, but um, not to get ahead of ourselves, but Dean Ambrose cut possibly very heelish promo that I did uh, retweet out that when you, we get a chance, we can uh, all listen to and watch. But um, yeah, interesting. We'll see what happens. Yeah, I, I was not really. Well, actually, I missed that promo, but I heard about it. Yeah. Yeah, we had Gallus and Anderson take on the New Day. John Stewart uh, became an honorary member of the New Day. He got booed in New York City. I was kind of surprised by this. Well, like, after what happened last year, I think everybody was kind of assuming. Oh yeah, that he was going to interfere and everything. Yeah. I didn't mind him though. I mean, I like you know what John Stewart will look very different. You know, he, he seems like a guy that's definitely like semi-retired. <laughs> you know what I mean, kind of just yeah. He, he, even the promo, he was just kind of like going through it. 
Although the funny part of his promo was he learned when he when he when he gets beat up to have his shirt tucked in, which yes. I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, although he definitely lo- looked like he lost some weight. He looked very skinny. Yeah, he did. Very yes. skinny, but. He introduced the New Day. They had a match with Gallows and Anderson. It was very hard for fans to care about this match. And at the end, they teased putting Jon Stewart's uh, crotch into the pole and giving it. Well, they did have a little cup for him, by the way. Doctor and Doctor Doctor had. Yeah, I'm just gonna call him Doctor Doctor. Why not? Yeah, they they both both had him there. They were ready to 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 crush his uh, his uh, testicular fortitude. (laughs) And then Biggie ran out. Uh, came in like a house of fire, took them both out. It was a disqualification, but crowd was happy to see Biggie back. He was dancing and shaking his hips and doing all that. And I and I thought to myself, that brief moment of intensity that we saw from Biggie makes me wonder, why the hell is this guy not a top guy? Yeah, but then when he drank the pickle juice, you kind of figured out why. Well, that's because they booked him that way. But I'm yeah, saying, how many how many years ago? I mean, you've been listening to my show for a while, long before you know we started doing shows together. I mean, don't you remember us going back and forth talking about how like Biggie could be a big star one day and maybe be like Absolutely. the new John Cena or a guy that you know could be one of those like top main eventers? I mean, yeah, he he's always had the goods. I think yeah, he's, yeah. he's always had the look. He from the moment he got onto the main roster, he was significantly better for his uh, experience level than he should have been. Well, it's it's funny because him and Apollo Crews are kind of similar as far as these big muscle guys who are very athletic. Yeah. And it, it almost seems like they're giving crew. They want to give Cruz that spot over Big E. but yeah, yeah. Big E ran out like a house of fire and just basically ran over Carl Anderson. Well, I don't know it's if they're giving, so I don't know if they're giving yeah. Apollo Cruz the big East, but I mean, I mean, well, I mean, Big E and Apollo Cruz, I mean, Big E and Apollo Cruz both kind of, you know, I, I think had innocuous starts to, to their WWE main roster careers. I mean, Big E, he was kind of like the lackey for Dolph Ziggler for a while. The, didn't really talk. You know, mm-hmm. when his first uh, match, I think, was his real his first real debut. I think was against um, well, one of it was his first like WrestleMania debut match was against was in the tag well, team match where he lost, match. and you know, like he, he lost to Del Rio a few times, and you know, the luster for Biggie was kind of removed right. from the beginning, and then he ended up you know winning the Intercontinental Title from Curtis Axel, looking good for a while, and he just kind of got lost in the shuffle, and then all of a sudden they they put him at the New Day. The gimmick was death at first until they gave the guys more creative freedom and. Let them do what they wanted, and it's it's turned his career around. But if you really think about it, while the New Day is a great act, it's kind of sad that for a guy uh, of Biggie's ability, uh, Biggie's talent, that it took you know a, a chance, uh, you know faction and a chance opportunity to do something with his faction in order for him to really get over with the crowd. You know what I mean? Like I really, yeah, I really do think that like if they had just if they gave him half the push that they gave Roman Reigns over the years. And kept Biggie as like a serious act, but you know, let him have that charisma and be shine on the mic. You know, maybe do the five count like he used to do in the early days of NXT. I really do think he would have gotten over. I mean, we even saw him in a few main events if you remember, with like CM Punk and John Cena uh, mm-hmm. a few years ago, and they just kind of soured on him. I hope it doesn't happen with Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz is a guy that's come in, not really had a lot of big matches, not really said much. He is super freaky athletic although he's got he's definitely got more experience than Big E when Big E first came in because you know Apollo Crews and they you know sure. worked for you know Evolve and you know Dragon Gate and all that stuff so he's he was definitely he's definitely a better worker coming in than when Big E was but yeah I mean I, I, I have a feeling I have a feeling that you know that Apollo is one of those guys kind of like Big E in the early days where you know he gets a nice little push he even gets to rub shoulders with some main eventers and then you know might get lost in the shuffle and I hope that doesn't happen but you know it seems like it right now because it doesn't seem like they really had a plan with him when they first brought him up in NXT. 
No, I agree. I think they just bought him up, and it's kind of like, all right, now what do we do? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, the it was a DQ finish, so this feud will probably continue. Probably. That backlash, yeah. Which... Dean Ambrose. No, backlash is a SmackDown pay-per-view. Oh, I'm sorry, you're right, yeah. So, uh, I think it was Clash of Champions, yeah. We had Dolph Ziggler take on Dean Ambrose for the WWE Championship. This was by far the most disappointing match of the night, and one that I just I could not figure out what was exactly wrong with this match. Something was missing. Yeah. Something. I mean, okay. Let's let's go through this match. Dean Ambrose essentially out wrestled the wrestler Dolph Ziggler, doing all kinds of different moves, uh, pack you know butterfly suplex. You know, taking him out, you know, just throwing the kitchen sink at the guy. I mean, really, Dean Ambrose had his working shoes on. But the crowd wasn't reacting. The crowd did not care. There were some boos for him, actually, at one point. I think he was, I think the crowd was tired. Like, I know they were tired. I also think that whatever promo Dean Ambrose cut that I missed that you said that was shown backstage. Well, it was after the match. Oh, it was, was it after a match? Yeah, okay. it was after the match. Oh, and okay, I don't want sorry. to avoid a spoiler to the match, but yeah. Okay, oh, sorry, okay. Yeah, so I don't know. He just, it was weird because I, I went to, you know, MSG a few months back and Dean Ambrose is pretty over. And, and he's a guy that's one of the more popular guys, one of the better merchandise sellers in the company. I think the crowd was just tired. I think the crowd was tired, and on top of that, you had Dolph Ziggler as, as the challenger, and I had a lot of flack. How could you say this about Dolph Ziggler? Dolph Ziggler is a great wrestler, and blah blah blah, and this and that, and this and, and look, I've liked Dolph Ziggler for a long time. I think the guy should have definitely got, have gotten a better shake throughout his career. I really do. I think when he got over, really got over in 2013 with that title win, they should have really tried to get behind him. But that ship has sailed. Timing is everything. Wade Barrett's another guy who I was a big fan of. But you got to a point with Wade Barrett where you can repackage him a million times, but at the end of the day, if the fans see him as a loser, as a geek, as a guy that's not main event worthy, you're not going to do anything to convince fans that he's main event worthy. And Dolph Ziggler, he was shining the last few weeks on SmackDown. I wasn't a fan of this matchup. I said, you know what? He's doing all right on the mic. Okay? He's screaming a little too much. He's being a little whiny. But you know what? He's doing all right. This is going to set up something big. So what do they do? They have an all right match with virtually no heat. The crowd, I guess they were booing Ambrose, but they weren't even really cheering Ziggler. And you got to keep in mind, like New York, New Jersey traditionally loved Ziggler. I mean, loved him. Now, granted, this is in East Rutherford, New Jersey, where they used to have the Izod Center, which is now closed down. Okay, this is Brooklyn, New York. But still, you're getting a lot of people from my neck of the woods in Jersey. You're getting a lot of people from the UK. You're getting a lot of hardcore fans. Hardcore fans that used to love Dolph Ziggler. But you get to the point where it's just so hard to give a crap about a guy that's been beaten so many damn times. And you know what? I don't even necessarily mind... That Dolph Ziggler, I, I didn't mind, okay, past tense, that Dolph Ziggler storyline going into the SummerSlam, it kind of grew on me, but I just thought, you know what, if you were going to do this, it would have been better to build up Dolph Ziggler over the course of six months as opposed to four to six weeks. Because, you know, you're just fast-forwarding. You're being, I don't say lazy, but, you know, you're just fast-tracking it, fast-tracking it, fast-tracking it, rather than letting it kind of build up organically. You know what I mean? A guy like Mark Henry. 
who was a perennial mid-carder, a perennial bust in the eyes of many in 2011. He got on track because over the course of months, they built him up with short, effective matches and angles that got over the fact that this dude is the leader of the Hall of Pain. So when he won the world title, it wasn't, oh my God, Mark Henry won the world title. It was, holy crap, you're damn right, that guy's legit. And the SmackDown ratings back then, when Mark Henry was champion, were actually halfway decent. So you have Dolph Ziggler, a guy who has been beaten like a drum, who prior to getting drafted to SmackDown, lost a feud to Baron Corbin and his wrinkly belly button and receding hairline. Baron Corbin. And you expect people, the majority, to buy that he will beat Dean Ambrose for the title. Keep in mind, this is a guy that they had pin AJ Styles. So, okay. Match has no heat. It's not clicking for whatever reason. Dean Ambrose is being very aggressive. Dean Ambrose is taunting Dolph Ziggler. Openly taunting Dolph Ziggler. All right, he's trying to get some heat. You got a little bit of heat. If you want to even call it heat. So what happens? We get to the ending, and, and keep in mind, you know, I was like a lot of people. I was just mentally checked out by this point because this match had no heat. It was so bizarre. It was, it was just a, a tough match to watch. So Dolph Ziggler goes up, I guess, for a top rope face buster, an, an X factor. You know, whatever uh, Bree, whatever finisher that Bree has too. It's it's like you know that move that Bree does, a face buster, and uh, he's going for it, I guess. Which, to me, look, in, stor- in storyline and in the context of real life, it's kind of stupid. It's a move where you slam a guy's face on the ground, but then you land on your ass. So it also hurts you. That's dumb. Whatever. So he's going for it. Dean Ambrose shakes him off. They, they both land on their feet. Uh, Dean Ambrose kicks him, shrugs, locks in the butterfly hook, hits the dirty deeds, and just pins Dolph Ziggler. Yep. That was it. That was it. This whole talk of this whole talk of oh, when you dig, Dean, when you dig down deep, and and you're and you're trying to find the the one move to put me away, and then you and he a super kick. Did Dolph even throw a super kick in this match? Did he even land one? I know he hit the zigzag, which Ambrose kicked out of. I think Ambrose tried to hit one. I oh yeah yeah he was mocking him and hit the super kick, but he was actually more mocking Shawn Michaels, but yeah yeah. But no, the uh, promo afterwards, basically, Dean said something to the effect of, you know, I'm WWE champion, and there's two things you can do about it, like it and nothing. So, kind of, yeah, whatever. Oh, man, I just, I, I, I felt really bad for both guys. Ah, I felt bad for Dean Ambrose, because he's, he's been a damn good champion. I felt bad for Dolph Ziggler, because here he is, like, look, say what you want about the guy, if you think he's overrated, if he's underrated, uh, whatever. You know, look... By the context of today's WWE, when you got guys like AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura and Samoa Joe and Austin Aries on the roster, uh, yeah, you could say that you know trying to trying to claim that Dolph Ziggler is one of the best in the company nowadays is kind of crazy. When you have those caliber of dudes, you know, or Seth Rollins on top, right, or you know, uh, any 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 of those guys. Uh, but at the end of the day, there was a point in time a couple-year period where this guy really could have broken out and been, been a huge star or one of the bigger stars that Deddy B had. And unfortunately, that, that ship just sailed, you know? And it just just it, it just sailed. And I feel really bad for him because this was a big match for him. 
he wanted to prove to people that that he could get over and he could do his thing and you know i think on one hand i don't think the match clicked on the other on the other hand you know you could say the crowd and, and third it was just i don't know i think maybe it was just the wrong time bad spot to bad the... spot you know combination of everything and that's it for ziggler i mean where does he go from here he's got to turn heel right he has to turn heel there's no there's no coming back from this after the kind of promo he cut on SmackDown, and then for him to lose, like, let's face it, I know the Dirty Deeds is Dean Ambrose's finisher, but to lose to one Dirty Deeds, just like I, that, I right suppose, before being mocked. I I suppose they could do, like, a triple threat with uh, Bray Wyatt at the next pay-per-view, but I, I don't know how. Just give the damn belt to AJ Styles, that's it. Just give the belt to yeah, AJ Styles. Yeah, but then you have nobody that can put him to go again. Just give the belt to AJ Styles. Have AJ Styles have great matches with a bunch of people. Have AJ Styles beat everybody. Have John Cena come back at like Royal Rumble or whatever, and and, and you know cheese this being like the 16th world title for John Cena. Have him win, make it a big ceremony, blah blah blah, and then you can have John Cena at WrestleMania put over somebody big like you know I don't know Nakamura, Kevin Owens, whatever, Some, sure. somebody that's like a a star that's on the rise. Nakamura, Speak- Kevin Owens, whoever. Speaking of AJ. Uh- we forgot to mention there was an interesting backstage promo, a uh, vignette promo, whatever, with Gallows and Anderson talking about the uh, their upcoming tag match. AJ walks in and they're doing their thing, you know, a little reunion there. And uh, camera pans out, and who's right next to him? Happened to be Finn Balor. And Finn, and they did the two sweet, and Finn Balor just walked just away. Just kind of smiled and walked away. Yep. Yeah. So kind of interesting. Promo was obviously well pre-taped because he was not the demon. And, uh, you know, it takes like seven hours for him to do his makeup. So whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so we had the women's tag match, which actually which featured great. Ava Marie's entrance. Where <laughs> that they was had, great. They were going to introduce her and they said, Ava Marie is currently recuperating and uh, from on vacation. <laughs> from exhaustion. You know, which is hilarious because she's really suspended. Uh, honestly, it would have been better if they just said she's suspended. But, you know, um, whatever. It's, who does that voice? The entrance for her. I don't know, but it's great. Yeah, it's great. You know, this match almost went. This match went almost as long as the uh, WWE World Title match. Oh my god, it did. Yeah, that's right. It went eleven minutes. So Nikki Bella came out. She was the mystery partner for Alexa Bliss and uh, Natalia. She looked great, you know, and she was the best part of this match. Yeah. John Cena wins. John Cena wins. Yeah, he he definitely wins in more ways than one, and. Uh, yeah, she was great. She was awesome in this match. I really enjoyed her. I think it was a little weird to for her to be heel because I think fan, some fans wanted to cheer her. Well, they did at first. They did at first, but I think the crowd just turned on this match because it went way too long. It did. And Nikki Bella ended up getting the win, pinning Carmella. Now, some people are going to say, well, Fred, how the hell did Carmella get booed in New York? She's from New York. She said she's from Staten Island. I'm exactly. going ag- to say it again. And this is nothing as people from Staten Island because I got a number of friends from Staten Island. It's not too far from me. It's about a little less than an hour from me. Okay, I'm just stating the facts here. Nothing against the good people of Staten Island. There's really no reason to go to Staten Island if you live in New Jersey unless you're from there or have family. Well, if you have to go to like to the Verrazano Bridge, I guess you have to go to Staten Island. Yes. Okay. Yeah, look, Staten Island is like the redheaded stepchild of the five boroughs for anybody. Essentially, who essentially. I'm not saying really it's fair. Are. I'm not saying it, it's, uh, you know, actually, I like redheads. It's, uh, I'm not saying it's, you know. No, oh, no, look, I'll say this. It's, it's, you know, it's the Heath, it's the Heath Slater of the, of the, of the five boroughs. Okay. That's, that's it, mean. Okay. It has the, it has the least 
street cred. All right. It's really like not. it's like it's like if it's like Queens has Nas, Brooklyn has Notorious B.I.G. Um, Manhattan's Manhattan. Manhattan's Manhattan. You know I mean and, and Bronx has J Lo. Bronx has J Lo and Fat Joe. Fat Joe. Yeah, and, and Staten Island has Perth Amboy, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah, Staten Island has. Yeah, what does Staten Island have? Hoboken. <laughs> so what, so what, what? You know what I mean? You know what Staten Island has, and look, it's a great. I, I love this show, but they have the Impractical Jokers. All right. All right, That's, they have that. Okay, but okay, but Impractical Jokers compared to the Notorious B.I.G., it's not even fair. I didn't say it was. It's not even fair. So for her to come out and be like, I'm the princess of Staten Island. They didn't give her the mic tonight on purpose. Nobody cares about Staten Island that's not from New York, New Jersey. And and nobody within New Jersey and New York City cares about Staten Island unless you're from Staten Island. So for people that keep saying, well, why are they not popping? She's from New York. She's from Staten Island. That doesn't count. I'm more New York than Carmela. Yeah, me too. I'm more New yeah. York than Car. Yeah, you grew. Well, you at least grew up in New York. Eh, a little bit. Yeah. I've made my living in New York the last five, six years. I'm yeah. more New York than Carmela. Like, you know, it's like, like you know, like people want to say like, and I, and I remember I saw again I saw a recap on some site. I don't remember what it was. Where some dude, I just want to bring this up because it was hilarious. Because and it's funnier than what happened in this match. Some dude was like, "Well, Carmela makes her debut in Buffalo, New York." And, oh, brings yes. up, and brings up Staten Island. But despite that's, her bringing up a New York City, she didn't get a pop. That's the gimmick. Staten Island is nowhere near Buffalo. Yeah. Okay? That's like going to, you know, San Diego, California, and being like, I'm from Sonoma. Yeah. This doesn't really yes. work. Okay, so for people that are not from my area, okay, I'm just going to say it one more time so people, so people don't keep asking me, why is she not getting a pop? Besides the fact that the gimmick is death as a baby face. Why is she not getting a pop? She said she's from New York. Isn't New York supposed to be cool? It's Staten Island. It's not that cool. Okay? That's just, that's just mean. We're going to get not, Staten it's not Island. That, it's, Staten Island hasn't been cool since like one of John Gotti's kids lived there. All right? Like, oh, they, 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 that's know? basically what Staten Island is. It's like mobsters and, well, whatever. Hey, listen. Listen. I'm not. Listen. I, 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 I am I, not going to say anything that's going to jeopardize my safety. So I Scott, stop. you Scott, you you keep that statement to yourself, all right? Hey, look, you've seen Goodfellas and Offset, all right? Is that? I mean, yeah, that's even Goodfellas wasn't filmed in Staten Island. I know it wasn't, but How, yeah. hang hang on, hang on, hang on. Okay, it is blasphemous to compare Staten Island to Goodfellas, all right? Fine, fine. All right, you know yeah, what? Yeah, all right, yeah, you know yeah. what, Scott? You can recap this next match because I'm just going to confirm where Goodfellas was filmed. All right, go ahead. I don't even know what match we're on. Hold on. Well, we're at the uh, six diva tag. Basically, the finish. Well, yeah, Nikki Bella hit the TKO, which I think everybody thought she was going to hit the AA the way she had her up. But whatever, it happened. The next match, which again just kind of shows what Vince thinks of title belts, was the uh, first ever Universal Championship match, which was the. We've, we've heard mixed things, uh, the, the gummy bear belt. All right, listen, listen, somebody, listen, somebody listen, Scott. Listen, Scott. Listen, uh, Scott. The, the Goodfellas, which is one of the all-time great movies, which all of you should watch, featuring Robert De Niro and Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci, was filmed in Queens, New York, New Jersey, and Long Island. Okay? So I know, you feel, bad for Sta- I know you feel bad for Staten Island, okay? But they cannot claim Goodfellas. <laughs> 
Okay. I don't know. I wasn't saying. <laughs> okay. No. So that's what you were saying. That's what you were saying. I, 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 okay. I, I, listen. I feel bad for Carmela too. Okay. At the end of the day, we're arguing about this. But guess yeah. what? Whatever. whatever. Carmela's originally from Boston. Which is even funnier. And she was a cheerleader for the Patriots. Which is even funnier to call, give her the, the so New York. So she's not even from there. Yeah, just, make just, her, just make her a heel. Just make, yeah. just make her a heel. All right, let's move on. Nikki pinned, Nikki pinned whatever her name is. It doesn't matter. The match sucked, but I'm happy to yeah. see Nikki back. Well, what's going awesome. on? And, and, you know, yeah. All right. Talking about the gummy bear belt, the red belt, the, I, the king of the mountain belt, the horrible looking belt, the... Whatever. But I tweeted out a cool picture of a blue belt, which I think is going to be on SmackDown soon. Yeah, all right. So we had the, the Universal title match, which was essentially a match for a belt that looked like the current SmackDown belt. It basically looked like the Ultimate Warriors belt when you just had the different colored straps. It was red. Yeah. It was it just was red. Looking red. Yeah. It was red. It was, yeah. And it said Universal title. Like, they took the plate off and just, yeah. It was like... So lazy. Well, remember a couple weeks ago I tweeted you a picture of two belts, a blue belt and a red belt. And now I think at that point it was the middle plate being blue and red, but it looks like that's what they're going you, with. You know what? To be fair to the universal title, all the UFC championships look the same. But you know what they all have in common? They're all big, they're all shiny, and they're all made of gold, which looks like a real prize that a fighter would want. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Finn, what'd you win? Oh, I won some tight red leather with a big W on it. Yeah, won cool. the King of the Mountain title. I mean, yeah. the, the Universal title. It looks like the Legends title from TNA. It does, which was the King of the Mountain title, which was the TV Actually, title. that's true. Oh, was, my God. Yeah. So the crowd turned on. I, I was I didn't know what they were chanting before. The belt got the biggest heel heat in the night. What were they, what were they chanting? They were chanting, I, this belt sucks. They, what, what weren't they chanting? They were chanting, the this belt sucks. The belt, yeah, the belt became the biggest heel in the match. To the point where the the crowd was drowning out the match with chance for the belt. Yeah, it wasn't good. They hated this belt. And you know what's funny? I bet backstage a bunch of people that probably kissed Vince McMahon's ass told him, Oh, Vince, that's a great belt. Oh, really? Yeah, that's a great belt. That's a great belt. And you know what's funny? Daniel Bryan on, on Talking Smack has been making fun of this belt for weeks. Now we know why. And you know what? They ended up validating his jokes. Yeah. It's red. As you put it, it's the Eva Marie Memorial Championship. Yes. It's Mr. All Red Everything. Exactly. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. While the belt was ridiculous, the finish uh, here, was not. Here's a, here's a good one I just noticed. Looks like uh, Kane's mask was used to make the Universal title. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's a good one. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. So... Uh, Finn Balor, Seth Rollins had a really good match. It was a, a match that could only end via pinfall and or submission. Apparently, it was no DQ. Yeah, go figure. Uh, did they announce this at the beginning of the show? It was announced midway through the match. Oh, yeah, because Finn Balor was in some type of submission. I don't remember what submission it was. It was like but he couldn't get to the road. He was oh, he was like in a triangle. Segment. He was in an arm bar, and he was in a triangle because Seth Rollins apparently learned CrossFit Jiu-Jitsu, and he grabbed the rope, and he's like, there's no rope break. And fans started booing because I think fans assumed that it was like a normal match. Yeah, nobody knew. Yeah, wonderful. Why? Why not? Wh- who needs rules, right? Just okay. make them up as you go along. And Finn, ba- Finn Bauer slipped out of the ring. He kicked out of a pedigree. Uh, there were a few other spots in this match. You know, a few dives here and there. Um, Seth Rollins was trying to go for another pedigree, couldn't do it. And then Finn Bauer just unleashed hell with a bunch of drop kicks. 
to a, a, I'd say a rather somewhat tepid reaction. I, I think at this point the crowd is really, really yeah. tired, which I felt bad for both these guys because they're great workers and they were having a, a badass match, but you know the crowd really hurt this one, and I'm not blaming the crowd. This is way too long of a show. So Finn Balor goes up, hits the coup de gras, the, the double foot stomp, gets the clean pin, wins the title. Stupid belt aside. What a great moment for Finn Balor. Was it was a decent match too. It really just, was. Just just staying down in NXT for years, uh, wondering when the hell he's gonna come up. Wondering if he's gonna injured or hurt. I mean, he's not a young guy. He just turned thirty five. I mean, you know, he stayed in I mean, NXT he was down for, for a year and a half. He stayed in NXT for way too long. Yes. But it was worth the wait if you're a Finn Balor fan. Got the pin, became the champion, and while the red bell is ridiculous. Finn Balor's champion isn't. And at least, at least they made a new guy. They went all the way with him. Our fears were not answered, thank God. And he he went all the way. He pinned Rusev. He pinned Roman Reigns. He pinned Seth Rollins. And now let's see what happens. Uh, The the thing is, while I'm happy for the guy, while I think this is a great moment and going to definitely build some intrigue on Raw and freshen things up a little bit, uh, now the real work starts because they really fast-tracked him without building him up with vignettes or anything like that. I mean, they have weeks leading up to SummerSlam. But, you know, they kind of gave away the, da- the demon a little too early, which was, you know, six days ago. And, uh, you know, he, he he's a guy that hasn't had a lot of on-screen time on the main roster, and he's still new to a lot of fans. So while it is exciting that he's been fast-tracked and beat all these guys, and I do think he's going to be taken seriously by a lot of the main roster fans, Now's the part where you got to keep him over. Where you got to take him to that next level. And ho- hopefully this works out. I just. Well, I think it's safe to say he'll be in a rematch with Seth Rollins at the next pay per view. He, he might be. I just. I don't know. I, after they that reaction. Keep it going. After that reaction to the belt. You know. Just, I just fe- remember. Yeah. That, that's one thing we could have never factored, if you think about it. The belt. the belt. Out of all the things that I think might like hamper his push or hamper his run, out of the all the things, the belt was like the last thing on my list. Good. That belt is so ugly, even Triple H said, nah, I'm good. <laughs> nah, I'm good, really. Like, like really? I mean, it just... <laughs> it's, it's bad. It, yeah, I mean... There it, was a photo of it, and I tweeted that WWE shop is already selling it, and, and it doesn't look that bad. But then live, it doesn't look that good. It just... And you know what? Like, a lot of people that watch uh, these shows, especially these hot crowds, they pick up on what the crowd does. Yeah. You know? For better or worse. I, I guess the only positive is that belt kind of goes good with him, with with Finn when he does the demon gimmick. True, but, but still, still, it's like... I, I don't get it. You know? I mean, you don't want your world title being ridiculed like that. Well, it's not a world title, so it's okay. Oh, universal title. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. It's like... The main title, you don't want that to be the joke. Because it's already... In storyline, they're already creating, like... I don't want to say a fake belt or an interim champion like the UFC does sometimes. With, like, you know, let's do an interim title. It's creating a belt because they don't have one. So they're making one up. I mean, it it, it basically is a mock title. It is, but if you're going to make a mock title, then make it different. Make it look... They did make it look different. (laughs) Real different, Scott. It's really different. It is. Oh my gosh! Look, wait until just, just wait until September 11th when SmackDown presents the blue belt, okay? Because it's coming. So it's coming. stupid. Somebody who somebody tweeted it out, and I retweeted it. Now you have 
basically like your Dr. Pepper flavors. <laughs> Dr. Pepper, cherry Dr. Pepper, and the women's boat's vanilla Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Just horrible, man. They should make the U.S. title and, and put, give that like a red, white, and blue strap. I mean, it just uh, God. yeah. Oh, by the way, Dan Foster tweeted us letting us know that WWE confirms that Grandiorna got ten staples in his head. Yeah, well, how could, I, yeah. Be interesting to see him wrestle on third, uh, Tuesday night with that. Yeah. All right. Let's get through the rest of this card. It's getting late. Yes. All right. We also had Rusev versus Roman Reigns. Kinda. This went to a no contest. Rusev and Roman Reigns started brawling before the bell. And Rusev got beaten up, was slow to get up. It looked like he was feigning the injury, but he's such a he, he is such a good seller that especially for a bigger guy, that it looked like he in storyline he was really beat up by Roman Reigns, like really really hurt. And then after you know and and the the security's just trying to separate Roman for like what seemed like eternity. So Roman went to the back. Uh, they they said you know this match will not continue because you know Rusev is hurt whatever. Rusev he gets did up. look legitimately hurt. For he me. did. He did. I think he did crack a brief smirk. But, you okay. know, he got he got up. And then Roman Reigns just ran down and speared him on the floor. That looked like it sucked. It looked better than the one on Monday, for sure. Yeah, and he and then Roman just you know left and, and crowd booed him. And crowd before was chanting Rusev Mashka because they, they wanted Rusev to win. And all I can say is, if they, if they, and, and Bill Simmons tweeted that finally after 13 months, you know, too late, they they turn Roman Reigns heel. And I don't know if he was just being facetious or not, but if they don't turn Roman Reigns heel after this, how the hell do they expect people to actually cheer him? Well, weren't the fans already starting to cheer for Heath Slater at this point? Yeah, I mean, it was it was, it was bad. bad. It was it was bad. Like how how is Roman Reigns the babyface? He's been sexist. He's called both ugly. He ruined their wedding. He's beaten up Rusev every week. He's gotten the upper hand literally on every show that they've had a confrontation. Yep. But I'm supposed to have sympathy for this guy, for this douchebag. Well, and that's the whole Wade Barrett thing we were talking about. You know, how do you get Rusev over when he's a geek at this point? He's not serious. He's not a serious champion. Well, no. Rusev actually has done pretty well the last couple months. Yeah, but... But look, yeah, but well, how, oh, you mean how do you, oh, you mean how I do mean, they do it now after they've beaten him up like for five? Yeah, years? yeah, you're right. No, I agree. I agree. I don't think Rusev's at the point of no return like a guy like Wade Barrett was because he just hasn't been around as long. But seriously, you do all that work for Rusev. Roman Reigns like a bully beats this guy up every single week, and what's going to happen? Is Roman just going to win the title in the next pay per view? Is that what's going to happen? Like to me, that's just stupid. Well, unless you're tu- unless you're turning Roman Reigns heel. Even though you're sacrificing a, a damn good worker, a good good talent, and Rusev, whatever. If you're turning him a heel, if you want to show that Roman has a mean streak and doesn't care about the fans or what people think anymore, whatever. But if he's just going to be booked as a babyface when he's clearly a heel, I don't know what the hell they're thinking here. I really don't. I mean, it just, is it just... I mean, I know they've been stubborn with him, but seriously. Well, and the greatest part is if Rusev does beat Reigns, he's going to get cheered. So it doesn't matter. Well, you know, he should beat Reigns. He has... I mean... Well, you would think he has to beat Reigns, man. He's gotten his ass handed to him so many times. Forget, you forget think. about it. Ugh. Anyway, all right. As they said, forget about it. Yeah. Anyway, that was I, I, that, that was a Brooklyn reference. Scott, that was the worst. I, I, I yeah, no, I can do a better one. one. That was hard. Want me to do a better one? No, I don't want you to do it at all. All right. And then, lastly, of course, we have the main event that we discussed at the top of the show: Brock Lesnar 
beat Randy Orton via TKO. Then he proceeded to F5 Mr. Shane McMahon, who proceeded to sell the move for approximately 30 seconds, or essentially the amount of time that he sold well, the dive off the Hell in a Cell. I was going to say as, this, as he sold the last ride, but yeah. 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 It, it just... <sighs> so overall, I mean, it's crazy, because after a Cena match, I thought it was a, a thumbs-up show. And after this, I mean... Well, you mean before the Cena match? Or? No, after the Cena match, I thought it was a thumbs-up show. Okay. Now it's like I mean I still I mean it was still a noteworthy show I mean Brock Lesnar and was still a, a good match I liked it I just didn't yeah. like the ending of the show um, you know Rollins and Bauer wasn't a bad match at all and you know Cena and Styles was great Banks and Charlotte was a hell of a match if you can get over the fact that Sasha Banks nearly got paralyzed twice I think there was three times to be honest yeah, there was so another what? spot where Charlotte. Uh, she hit the, uh, I don't even know what, it was like the modified rock bottom there where she hits her with the backbreaker and then just throws her to the ground. Like Sasha landed on her neck. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And oh, by the way, Nikki Bella, she went with the TKO instead of the uh, rack attack, which I guess she can't do yes. now because of her back. and. Which is weird because she's still picking, some, I know it's not dropping the force, but she's still picking somebody up. Yeah. Weird. But hey, she's medically cleared. I'm happy for her. She looked great. And. Yeah, you know what? They need some star power on SmackDown. She's got it, and she's a better worker than people give her credit for, so I'm happy to see her back. That's good. Yes. You know what? Overall, I'll give this. Sh- I'll still give this show a thumbs up because when you have a match like Cena and Styles, and when you have an effort like Banks and Charlotte, even though they were completely reckless, and uh, you know when you have Orton and Brock and, and you know, some of the risks and, and physicality that they took, uh, I'd, still, I'd still give it a thumbs up. If you didn't watch the show and you have no interest in seeing through four hours, Five hours, six hours of SummerSlam. Um, I'll just tell you what to watch right now. Cena and Styles needs to be at the top of your list. Twice. Uh, yes. Banks and Charlotte. Um, the main event I thought was awesome with Lesnar and Orton. Mm. And I'd say uh, Sheamus and, and uh, watch Cesaro. The univer- well, watch a Universal title match as well. Was, oh, yeah, Universal title. It yeah, was you're good. Right. It was good. And Cesaro and Sheamus is really good too, although you're probably going to be seeing these guys. Well, you are definitely going to be seeing these guys wrestle at least six more times. So maybe you don't want to watch that match if you missed it because you're going to be seeing it anyway. But yeah, so not a bad show, just it, way too what, long. Way, this way is what too we long. Get now with the two biggest shows of the year, you're going to get these long, drawn out shows. I think it's great they put on 13 total matches. I think 11 on the main show. I think that's awesome. Give guys you, a chance. Give women a chance. Yeah, but, but you know what though? Uh, it, yeah. I don't think it's a good hang, hang on. I don't think it's a good idea because that's too many matches and, and the crowd was clearly burned out and the length of the show clearly, clearly hurt the, the, the rest of the, the, the show. Now I'll say this, you know what? If you want to have a four hour show, okay. But maybe don't do a two hour pre show. Well that no, make- I agree with that, yeah. but you gotta book it better too. I mean if you look no, look, I know some of the shows back in the day were not three hour shows. But you had 13 matches, and you had you know five matches that were under six minutes. Do that. You don't. Not every match needs 20 minutes. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe you just if you can't fill up the time, don't have a four-hour show. I agree. Uh, ben Ostner, who's a good friend of mine, is watching Holy Foley. He's one of the few people that's watching it and said that <laughs> Noel Noel Foley is everything. No. So yeah. Well. Yeah. This guy says right here. Uh, Bobby Roode's theme song alone was better than SummerSlam. Well, this is two years in a row. NXT wins. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I was actually in attendance for NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. It was a hell of a show. I know we're running late, and I just hit my mic while grabbing my phone and getting my notes, but 
Uh, yeah, it was, it was a hell of a show. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Do we have any confirmation of Samoa Joe possibly breaking his jaw? Uh, I did not see any, so... Because I looked bad, like I, I told you last night, and I think it was Dan Foster as well. If not, I apologize for who it was. But you could see during the match, like right after it happened, he he, he he waved the ref over, and it was almost like, let's end this now, because they went right to the ending after that. So. Okay, yeah, I didn't I didn't notice before. I yeah. thought it was just selling, but no. that, sucks if he, that sucks if he did. That's a big loss for NXT for a little while, too. Yeah, if well, it, 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 yeah, because you would assume that they would have their rematch at the next takeover, and then Joe would just go on to well, SmackDown. So yeah, that's true. But so. Bobby Roode is over because my daughter said, and I quote, "That's a cool song." Something like to the effect of, "That's a cool song," and I like his entrance. Mm-hmm. So he's over. He got oh the yeah, he is over. So yeah, yeah came to the show. It was, it was really fun. Barclays is an awesome wrestling venue. Only thing is, the rows aren't as open as MSG. So when you got to like try to go like to the other side, you know, to get a drink or whatever else, there was like a glass, like plasticky, like barrier that just like makes you have to go through everybody, walk past them, then walk up the aisle. It's a little the aesthetics of the building are, are nice, but you know, there's not, it's a little annoying sometimes getting around. It, it is a little annoying, but you know, awesome venue, hot crowd. Uh, we opened the show with a, a couple matches that were taped for take not takeover for future NXT episodes. At least I'm assuming so. Yeah, we had was, uh, uh, the Perfect yeah. Ten. Ty Dillinger beat Blake. Not a bad match. Uh, Mister Perfect Ten got the win. It was his first match back in a few weeks. He's been hurt with an undisclosed injury. Crowd was going nuts for him. This is a guy that should be on the main roster. He is so un- Sean Spears, such an underrated wrestler. He was awesome. I'm happy he got the win here and got the ovation that he got. He could even take like that Santino role, couldn't he? With that absolutely, gimmick? no, he's great, yeah. man. I, I really like that guy. A better worker than Santino, that's for sure. Yes. We had the Authors of Pain against TM sixty one. It's crazy how TM sixty one. You know, they were big stars in Noah, a great tag team in Japan. They're just guys here in the states right now, and it didn't help that they were going up against the Authors of Pain. They lost to the Authors of Pain. So that know. was a one week little feud that they had. Okay, yeah, not much. We had the opener, which was No Way Jose taking on Austin Aries. No Way Jose came out. People were singing his theme song. He had a big conga line. It was, it was pretty cool. Austin Aries came out, got a decent ovation. And so at some point in the match, and Scott, you watched this on TV, so you could tell me. I was. The crowd abruptly turned on No Way Jose and was really getting behind Austin Aries. Yeah, I'm not sure what happened. Um. I had it on my phone, and it seemed like the, they, they muted the crowd. Maybe it was just my phone. I'm not positive. But something happened. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what. I don't what. think they muted the crowd. I mean, uh, well, I was it, there. It, but it yeah, was, it was just, on my phone, maybe it's just the way it came across. Yeah, it was sure. like, no way, Jose. There was a mixed chance, and then the crowd really got behind Austin Aries, especially at the end. I think I think as Austin was uh, was working at a different level than Jose and had his working but, shoes on. Yeah, and Austin is... Austin Aries, and, yeah. you know, like you said, this is not the normal crowd, so they know, you know, they know but, him but, from ROH, they know uh, him from TNA. He's a guy that's been a, a great indies, wrestler yeah. for years. He's he's an excellent pro wrestler. I know some people don't like him, but he's a he's an excellent but, pro wrestler. What do you want me to say? Former ROH champion, former TNA champion. He was over like crazy, over like hell, as Dan Foster points out if, here. If, if anyone can do an animated GIF of crying Jordans with the conga line, I would love to see that on Twitter. That'd be that would be hilarious, but. Yeah, he ended up getting the win uh, with, I believe, the – was it the last chance, right? It was the last chance, yes. right? Yeah, he he had it locked in at one point, and Jose got to the ropes, and then 
the end, the finish came. He he did some move and then hit it, and Jose just tapped out real quick. So after being in it for like two minutes, a couple minutes prior to that, he just tapped out. Like, well, he couldn't, he couldn't take it anymore. You know, his his, his neck said no way. Wait, Jose. Jose. Okay. Yeah. We didn't even plan that. Yeah, oh, okay. and then after the match, yeah. After the match, Hideo Itami came out and did by far the best thing he's ever done in WWE the last two years. He had a suit. He had these loafers with no socks on them, which is a fashion don't, but who am I to tell Kenta what to wear? I'm not. Yeah. And he, he, walks, he walks in the ring, starts kicking, uh, kicking Mr. Aries. They get into it. Crowd chants GTS to go to sleep. And for those that say, oh, that's CM Punk's finishing move. No. Kenta invented the GTS, and he invented the running knee finish. Well, he probably didn't invent the running knee finish, but he made it you know, famous in, in recent history before Daniel Bryan adopted it. And by the way, Daniel Bryan does give credit to Kenta. You know, he's had a lot of his moves borrowed and, and stolen. So he grabs the GTS, says, F you, Phil Brooks. Well, he probably did in his mind. Hit the GTS. Crowd pop big. This was great. And I think Hideo Itami versus Austin Aries is going to be one hell of a match. And I think it's going to help get Hideo back on track finally in WWE. Yeah, well, he, he had two surgeries. You know, he's had a rough couple, uh, what, 14 months, 15 months. Yeah. So, yeah. We had Ember Moon come out, a.k.a. Athena. And she defeated Billy Kay. This was kind of a sloppy match. The presentation for Ember was pretty good. The crowd got behind her, but there was just a lot of miscommunication with uh, Billy Kay and Ember. But the ending was great because Billy Kay you know, was wobbly. Ember Moon went up to the top, hit the flying stunner. This was freaking awesome. Got the pin. That move just looked great. She couldn't have hit it better. Significantly better than John Cena's springboard stunner. One, two, three. Crowd really liked Ember Moon. Showed her a lot of respect, although the match was eh. We then had Bobby Roode, who's supposed to be the heel, by the way, come out. On this giant platform, glorious. No, I'll defend. I will defend till I'm victorious, all the way up. I, I was, I was, I was like gonna record his entrance, right? And I didn't even well, notice he was right above me. I'm like, that's Bobby Roode. Well, you know what's great is he borrowed Wade Barrett's. Uh, oh, the bad podium, news the, the, podium. Yeah, yeah, the raising podium. So he's coming down slowly. There, the glorious theme song playing. He comes, you know, he's he, he's just soaking it up. Making his end. It was just, it was glorious. It was amazing. But it is funny how back at WrestleMania, when we thought he was coming to NXT, how me and you both said, you know, he'll probably just be one of these guys who's there to help out and, and work, and yet they've made him a huge star. Yes, and then Ben Oster, once again, he says that if they brought Bobby Roode up to the main roster with that entrance, he'd be a star immediately. Absolutely. Yes. And he but got over huge with this crowd. The same can't be said for the former La Sombra, Andre Cien uh, Almas. Is it Andres or Andrian? Andra, whatever the hell his name is. It's a, first off, it's a terrible name. It's a terrible gimmick. The stupid suspenders. I don't know why the hell this guy does not have his mask on. I know Triple H said, well, how could you keep a mask on him? He's a good-looking guy. He is a good-looking guy, but he was a significantly better worker and star with the mask. He is terrible with this gimmick. It's amazing how he's a guy that was one of the better wrestlers in the world. He comes to NXT... I guess he's just trying to adjust and, and work a different style and whatever, but exactly he just whatever he had as La Sombra is gone. He he did some cool moves, but he he needs to either turn heel or get that damn mask. He needs to go to Paul Levesque and just say, "Listen, boss, this ain't working. Either let me have the mask 
or let's ditch the suspenders and hat and let me just be a heel. You know, form Los Ingobernables in freaking NXT. You know, do do a version of Los Ingobernables in NXT with with his current incarnation. Something. Something. But he was just... And yeah, Bobby Roode does have a horrible new finisher, by the way. Yes, he does. And th- this match uh, was all right. But uh, these guys were definitely had a styles clash. They, they did not mesh very well. Uh, I, I'd say it was, it was just... It's just a weird match, you know? Crowd was was behind Bobby Roode. He's supposed to be the heel. And then Bobby Roode beats the guy with a pump handle slam. A pump handle slam, Scott. Yeah, I know. That's why I said it was horrible. Not good. <laughs> we no, had not. the cruiserweights at ringside. Kota Ibushi, Brian Kendrick, Noam Dar, and Cedric Alexander. That was pretty cool. We had a uh, Ric Flair at ringside as well. During Are you the- sure? During the Austin Aries and No Way Jose match. And yes, Scott, they did revolve people around that same spot over and over again. No, I was going to say, are you sure that was Cedric Alexander and not... Um, was it Rich uh, Swan? Yeah, oh, I no, it was, it was Rich, Rich Swan, Swan, was it? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, because Cedric Alexander didn't advance. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Cedric Alexander should be signed, though. Uh, he, he, I think he is. He yeah. would have he 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 fit right on the show, yeah. Yeah, I heard of rumors that he was, so I, I think he is. But anyway, we had the match of the night next by far. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, but before that, they had a video package for uh, Sanity, which I don't remember seeing the arena, but I saw it after the fact. Yeah, what is, who is it? I don't know. Not, you don't know. Okay, I don't so know. It's hopefully, hopefully it's not like Angelo Dawkins or one of these geeks that have been there forever repackaged because that would be – yeah, I'm not feeling that one. I don't know. Who who would it be? I don't if know. If anybody knows, let us know. Yeah, or if you think you know. Uh, yeah, so we had the Revival defeat – Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano to retain the NXT tag titles. This was a match of the year candidate. This was just a great old school match. You know, uh, Tommaso Ciampa running like a house of fire. Johnny Gargano, the the great the great baby face, who's just so great at selling and has amazing facial expressions. Oh, you yeah. have the heel tag team that just just so old school, so they- so old school, distracting the ref when Ciampa makes the tag. Gargano gets in the ring, but the ref didn't see the legal tag. Uh, you know, T- I, I like the part when when um when who is it? Dash flipped uh accidentally flipped into the ring. That was great. Yeah. Oh Old yeah. Scott yeah. Dawson. To distract yeah. him. Yeah. And yeah. Then, that was great. Oh my gosh. It was the third time that that the they, they were ever going to bring back a version of the Four Horsemen. Those two men need to be in it by far and away. Oh my god. Yeah. But it was a great match. Uh, I thought. Chompa was actually going to turn on Gargano, which I'm glad he didn't, but I thought he was. Yeah, um, they, yeah. When when Gargano and Chompa, you know, they they you know they they hit the kick on uh, Dawson, and then yeah. and then and then all of a sudden, is that your dog in the background? It is, of course. Yeah, glorious. Glorious. Yeah. So um, you should call. You should name your. Is your dog a boy? It is not. Oh, it's a girl. Yeah, no. They they named her Maggie. I didn't really have a say in well, it. Well, you should nickname her Bobby Roof. Bobby I'm just saying. So uh, yeah, Gargano and Ciampa looked like they had the pin, but Dash put the the foot Dawson's foot on the ropes as the referee counted three. They thought they won the tag titles. They did not. And they went for it again, I believe, right? Yeah. But they got taken out. Ciampa got taken out. Reverse figure four on Gargano. He had a tap out. Yeah. Well they hit the knee the, the leg stomp like they did the big cast. Yeah. Couple months back, yeah, same ending. It was a great match, true old school heat. A bunch of the heels got cheered. 
not these guys. They got real heat. It was awesome. Awesome. And it made sense. It wasn't that like heel heat where it's like, oh, it's so stupid that they lost. No. They got real, honest to God, legit heat. They left. And Gargano and Ciampa just sold the agony of defeat so well. Just looking yes. at each other. Ciampa's patting Gargano on the back. This was, yeah, was a great. great, great, great wrestling match. And one of the best of the year in any company. This was excellent. Excellent. Yeah, and the shame of it is when the Revival does get called up to the main roster, I don't see them with this kind of... I, I just don't. You know see what? It I, you, I you know what? I, I don't know, man. The the efforts that they've had in a lot of these matches this last year or so, it's hard. It's hard to deny them now, man. I, I you know, it's at first I was like, them, first was, like, can you can they get the same heat? Can they be the same? Absolutely. Heat? If you give them the same they, push, I think. But, it's, they, it's, but that's the whole thing. They won't do it. Like, I think you they know will. the main roster. Like I think they will. I think. I they hope will. they would, man. I they're think, so good. I think they. I think they will. I think if they get. If if they're allowed to be the revival that they are here, I think they will. I mean, look, you know, just just the tag team division is not the priority for WWE. But you know what? If you if you just let them tear it up with like other tag teams, like the New Day and the Club, and and you know do what they do, they'll get over. I think they I think they will get over. Could be wrong, but I think they'll get over. If we, you don't like them as a team, you just don't get pro wrestling. Yeah, we had Oscar beat Bailey to retain her title. This was a really, really good match. Bailey got a got a huge reaction. Crowd was definitely there to 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 see Bailey, and uh, she got the win after kicking Bailey in the Asuka head. Got the win. Oh, I'm sorry, yeah, Oscar got the win after uh, a spinning kick to to Bailey's head. There was a ton of strikes that Bailey ate. There was one point in the match where Bailey was like, "You know what? I'm fed up. I'm going for this. Just attacking Oscar." Going all out with Conor McGregor and Nate Diaz, but unfortunately she paid for it. She lost. They hugged afterwards. She hugged Charlotte and uh, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks at ringside. It was funny because she got booed when she hugged Charlotte. <laughs> and, uh, you know. She uh, hugged her mom. She yeah, hugged and, and, she, Yeah, she hugged her mom. She hugged Izzy, who was crying. That was so cute. And no, Yeah, said, she went back. Crowd chanted, thank you, Bailey. And I guess that's Bailey's last NXT match. What a way to go out. Down, yeah. I, you know... I, we talked about this earlier. I, to me, it just felt like it was missing something. I thought it, I thought a little bit. Up, too. I don't think it lived up to the first match. I thought I just, it was, actually I thought no. I think it was better than the first match because I think their first really? match ended so abruptly that you know crowd didn't know how to react. Whereas now they figured okay, they kind of know Oscar more. They know that this match can end any time. I think the fact that it was also both were baby faces. Maybe yeah. you know what I mean. Like, like I don't think either one. You know the fans wanted to see either lose, but. Yeah, you know, it was still. I thought it was still an awesome match. Yeah, I don't. Know. I I just thought it was. I didn't think it lived up to the hype, honestly. Right. And and to be honest, uh, you know, we're going to talk about the main event, but I felt kind of the same way. Well, you know what? Even though I like both matches, I I will say this: I've had a lot of people tell me that. So you're not you're not the only one. And that's nothing against the effort of of, of the people. No, just, no, great effort. It I, just you know, yeah, yeah. something yeah, something was a little missing. I kind of felt that way with the main event. I thought. The entrance was great. Nakamura had this violinist oh come out, God. play play a little bit of you know violin music, and then start play, the the red lights dimmed, and he starts playing the the music, dun, 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 dun. and it was just, it was amazing to see I, Nakamura I, I, come out, just move with the flow of the music, and, and 
just everything. The crowd was humming along. They reacted to this guy like a rock star. Okay, he is like the the Michael Jackson of pro wrestling. He is just he is a smooth criminal. He is amazing. He just just before he even stepped in the ring, this guy had him in the palm of his hand. I know NXT is the third brand and very important for WWE's future as far as building stars and getting them ready and everything else. But this guy needs to be on Raw or SmackDown ASAP. This guy is the best. This guy is the best. In terms of getting a connection with the crowd or everything, you know, the yet factor, just making the most out of his connection with the crowd. He 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 did that tonight. He or the, the other night. He really did. It was it was great. Samoa Joe came out. Uh, they had a really good match, physical match. But like you said, I thought there was something missing here. And look, I thought it was going to be more physical. Yes, if that's possible. Yeah. Yes, I thought it was going to be a little more physical. Even though Joe may have broken his jaw. Uh, you know, I, I I think I don't know. I don't know what it is. Maybe the tag match burned some people out. I don't I don't really know. Uh, you know, fans were were chanting his name. They were singing. I will say this: my section was really annoying because I had this douche who was in a stone cold shirt say Nakamura sucks. So the crowd started chanting at him, "You suck!" And then some people chanted, "Delete, delete, delete!" at him, which would have been funny, except it was an audible part of the crowd, and it was during the main event featuring two of the best wrestlers in the world. So it really pissed me off. And I I, I normally don't get mad about fans chanting stuff because they can chant whatever they want, but. This is the main event. It's for the title. You know, these are two great workers. Like, be a little respectful. Don't give this idiot attention. I was a little annoyed by that. And then I had some geek a couple of rows behind me keep chanting, Samoa Joe's overrated. Nakamura's overrated. This guy's overrated. I think he just did it because he thought it was funny. But, like, man, if somebody, like, came and, like, hit him with, like, a lead pipe, I'm not <laughs> saying I would do it, but if somebody did and just, you know, kind of stunned him for a few minutes, I'm not. I'm just saying I wouldn't feel bad. So, yeah, we had the match. It was really good. Um, but, yeah, I felt like it was missing something. You know what I mean? I thought the work was very strong. But it was, it was something was missing. Yeah, I'd say something was missing. Uh, and then, yeah, Nakamura got the win with Kinsasha. It was still a great moment. Still very cool. Um, I, I don't know. It was weird. I mean, I think maybe the crowd maybe maybe it's one of those cases where the same thing with the Oscar match the crowd likes both guys and don't necessarily want to see either guy lose could be yeah you know what I mean but I did feel like the crowd was not tired but you know maybe it, it they was were like, expecting more too was, maybe yeah, they, they felt a little te- they felt a little tempered I don't know at least from where I was saying they felt a little a little tempered but great moment I'm glad I got to go and if there's an NXT show near you either a house show or a takeover go out of your way to see it. It was awesome. It was a great impulse purchase. I'm glad I made it. And uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Hey, just uh, r- real quick, not talking about NXT, but going back to the Universal title, if you have $429, you can pre-order it on WWE Shop. Here's the kicker. The expected in-stock date, Monday, December 12th. So, you know, All right, well, makes no sense. Well, we got to get going because it's already late here. But, Scott, you want to get to some comments here, including Mr. Racer, who's complaining we didn't shout him out, except only like once? I No, we, we talked about, well, he, how many times do you need? You know, Randy Orton, look, Randy Orton lost. He bled like a baby. What more do you want me to say? Dude? Yeah, we're saying that because Mr. Racer is a huge Randy Orton fan. No, I, I, I agree with him at this point, though. I, I, I just, I, I don't understand build up the match and have it end like that. I just, I don't get it. 
Um, I guess Orton's going to go away for a while again, I, I would assume. Yeah. Um, I, it just, yeah, I don't, I don't quite understand it. I think they did a disservice to him by having him, you know, barely beat the Miz a couple weeks ago and, and wrestle for the last couple weeks. I don't think that helped him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was disappointed with that. I, I really was. I'm on his side for once. Yeah, it was just, it was different. I'm just going through Twitter. Angel says, I hope we get the perfect 10 versus the glorious one. That would be interesting. Oh, my God. Just for the crowds. I still think it would be great to have Big E versus the Road Dog in a crowd off as well. But that's just just me. Man, yeah. Um, uh, NXT should have the SmackDown spot. They should have an hour on Raw at least. This is the first time Lesnar and Orton happened since 2002. They said this is the first time on pay-per-view it happened. Oh, yeah. For sure it was. Yeah. It was. All uh, right. Um, did anybody chance steroids at Brock Lesnar? I don't think anybody did. I'm kind of <laughs> surprised they didn't. I, it just shows the fans don't care, really. Maybe they didn't have... Which, actually, Brock didn't look... You know, he looked like Brock. I mean, I didn't notice, you know. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the best way to put it, you know. I just... Uh, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Like... I don't know. Yeah. How great was this for the Bullet Club as far as the weekend goes? Oh, it was great because Adam Cole won the yes. ROH title. Kenny Omega, you know, last week won the uh, the New Japan uh, G1 tournament. First, the uh, North American to win that, and then well, first like real like North American considered to be from North America, yeah. and then uh, you know Finn Balor wins the title, and AJ Styles beat John Cena. Yes, not bad at all. Not bad yeah, at WD, all. Uh, WWE is definitely changing. Uh, you know, first ever Japanese wrestler to hold a major title, and they have two of them now on NXT. So yeah, yeah it's it's very very interesting. It's and unique. you know what? It's it just killed. Can we just forever killed? And it should have been killed a long time ago. But let's just after this weekend, can we just bury the myth of oh, if the star's not from here or blah blah blah? Uh, you know, they can't get over. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, Asuka, Conor McGregor, shut up. Go away. It's ta- All you need is an open mind. It's the same thing with Hollywood. Oh, this person can't draw. This person can't draw. Just, if you have an open mind and you give people a chance who are talented, okay, and you have fans to get behind them, they can deliver no matter where they're from, no matter what language they speak. No matter what size they are. Exactly. There you go. There you go. And all right, we'll take one last one here. What do you expect on Monday Night Raw? Something to happen. <laughs> I just don't good, know good, what it good is. Good one, Scott. Wow. Good. I, I just don't know what it is. Yeah. I mean, no, you know, because it, it's now basically, you know, like the night after WrestleMania. And it's a shame because something big is going to happen and SmackDown's just going to be SmackDown. All right, hang on. Okay. Um, Before we go, do you think we're getting Shane versus Brock? At WrestleMania? No. Just what like next pay per view. God, I hope not. Oh. Well, if you let well. if if you're gonna do that, you and I don't want to see Undertaker versus Brock again, but you better have that happen. Oh my god. There, there's no there there's All right, enough. I, I can't even come up with the word, but there is no way in this universe that match could even happen and remotely, remotely have anything to it. 
Because if you thought Shane pissed over everybody who took a last ride and a choke slam and this and that from The Undertaker for the last 25 years, if he kicked out of Brock Lesnar's moves, come on. All right. Well, all right. Well, before we go, let's give a quick shout out to some of the people that watched us and tweeted us tonight. Alan Wu, Fidel Cashflow, Sean Banner, Zach McGibbon, who's become a pretty damn good commentator in pro wrestling. So you can follow him at Raw is Gibby. Shout out to him, man. He's doing very well for himself. Raymond Rice 6, Stephen Shaw, Brother Henry, a.k.a. Jeremy Bowers, at Jeremy8911, uh, Kristen 6, Candice Cordelia. Even Ask WWE Network tweeted me, although they tweeted me when I tweeted out a complaint, and they want me to take a survey, which I may or may not take. Shout out to Talvin Kipapa. Shout out to my man Paul Lazenby, Freddie Mitchell, Sam Pack, J- Dan Foster, Kobe Hansaw, Opeed Opeed, Chuck McManus, Russ the Bromance, SSB Prime, Justin Reside, Christian Johnson, T. Ray Jones. The list goes on and on here. Angel 92, Terrell Scott, Clifford Nelson, David Schneider, a.k.a. Dave the Wave. And is there man, anybody else? Manpreet, of course. Mr. Man Racer, 1029. Manpreet. Low to Tupu, my man from Cali. What's going on, bro? Maybe I'll be in your neck of the woods very soon, hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, Jaden Bushi. And I think, all right, well, we got a few other ones here. Skirt, skirt. And, yeah, if I missed anybody, we'll get you next time on the Tuesday night podcast. If there's, if there's anything big that really goes on on Raw, I might do a video blog real quick. But typically, we've been doing live recaps of Raw and SmackDown Tuesday night after SmackDown Live. So Tuesdays, 10 p.m. as usual, where you'll be able to catch us in regards to live recaps. Speaking of big events, Scott, that weekend of September 11th is going to be a very busy weekend for me. You want to know why? Why is that, sir? Because not only am I covering Backlash, of course, when I get back home, but I will be for one week in Cleveland, Ohio, live covering CM Punk's UFC debut at UFC 203. So feel free to follow me on Twitter at Fred Ricciani at Sports Courier because I will be having plenty of UFC 203 updates. It's been a while since I've covered a live UFC, but they hit me up, said, hey, you got a credential? I said, sweet. Guess I better plan a trip to Cleveland. Maybe I'll hit up the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Maybe mm-hmm. I'll uh, tour around in the city that LeBron James and Jim Brown built. So I was there a couple years ago. You you do know it's Cleveland, right? Listen, man. I'm just, I'm just saying, Listen, brother. Man. Look, I I thought it was a pretty nice city overall. It was an old city, but it, it's Cleveland. Take the 45 minute drive down south, hit up Route 77, and go to Canton. Offer the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Absolutely. If I have time in between the press conference, the open workouts, the weigh-ins the fights, and the post-fight press conference, perhaps I will. But I think I'm going to be pretty tied up with fight week. So that's what you, ex- you can expect from me. And right here, we'll try to get as much coverage as humanly possible of CM Punk's upcoming fight and perhaps his impending doom. But, folks, I want to hear from you. What do you think about SummerSlam? What do you think about the future of WWE? Let me know. Leave a comment below. Tweet us, Facebook us, do what you got to do. If you enjoyed this recap of NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2 and SummerSlam 2016, please like, share, take care. If you're a Madden fan, subscribe to my gaming channel, youtube.com slash TSC Gaming. My Madden review will be up about an hour after Raw, Tuesday at midnight. Stay tuned. And until next time, everybody, woo! as always, enjoy the matches.